Hello and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Owen. You know what? I'm totally off my game today. I do typically add in the how are you. Yeah. 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 Like, that that are was, you mad that at was me? my mistake. No, no. I, I'm i sick. I have a fan going. If you can hear the fan, sorry, audience, but I need to stay alive right now. Um, we also have Mark Gorski. Hey, hi. How are you? Who fucking cares, right? Just Mark, are you good? Or are you bad? No one gives a shit. I don't really know right now, Peter. I'm, yeah, I was good, and then Owen brought that. me down. I I had no plans of actually coming in here disorganized, and I mean these two are probably sick of hearing me talk about how uh, I'm sick and it's hot in this room, but like it actually made me disorganized. I thought I was just beginning the episode like normal, and I completely forgot the how are yous. I mean, it didn't help also that we planned on having our XCOM chat, but as of like. 40 minutes ago because of sudden internet outages it's just not happening tonight yeah you know what's what's funny is that like i'm pretty sure no one is waiting for the xcom chat <laughs> no, no one's ever waiting for our game club episodes the game club episodes are for us you're right but like at this point i wish we could just do it <laughs> because yeah i'd like to just pick the next games club game um it's Death Stranding, Mark. Get on it. Uh, ah, even shit. though you've already played it. Um, yeah, no, I I just want to have the conversation at this point because we committed to it. But I I feel like I played XCOM two half a year ago at this point. We could just I say I do we even bother doing a talk at this point? And again, yeah, I say that it is it's my, it's my tenth favorite game of all time. Or we do we just to. do it with the three of us? We have to. We went the extra distance for this. Maybe it's oh, just I, like I, no one wants it more than me. That can't be clear enough. No one wants it more than me. Like but I, still, I, I, I think we just do it with the three of us at this point. I still feel bad that Rayman uh, Legends got left behind, so I don't want to leave XCOM behind either. I think we should at least get James on Joe. I just, we're just not going to be able to nail down Joe. No, Joe is, Joe is an adult now. He's a mature adult. He's too busy. Um, James though, I feel like he would, he would be able to add a lot. We at least have Joe's notes. So we know what he thinks about it. Um, I, I, I think we got to get James on, on the episode and it has to be a commitment. I'm not saying we go on about XCOM two for an hour and a half, but maybe like, 30 to 45 minutes just so that we can say that we did give me my 45 minutes we played this game because i want to fucking bet i want my 45 we'll we'll get peter's 45 um speaking of not quite 45 uh we had some big games come out for the fantasy critic league some are saying the league isn't decided yet as my uh crown jewel street fighter 6 is it still currently sitting at a 92 on open critic yes and diablo 4 is up to a 90 that's a james game right yes it is so james is james is still kicking he has a lot of like low 80s high 70s that i think are gonna end up biting him mark and uh, i are dead because we trusted the xbox platform 
I think there's a world where like you could be a little frisky still, Peter. Mark is we've been over it. Um Yeah, Mark. Mark, yeah. we're sorry. Yeah, Pikmin Mark, four's coming, guy. <laughs> Mark has has four games released and has one point. <laughs> Somehow. Um, this is my second ninety. Uh and I never would have expected to have two 90s at this point with uh, a straight 90 for the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 expansion and now the 92 for Street Fighter 6. And could mm-hmm. I get a third with Final Fantasy 16 coming out later this month? We'll see. I'm going to guess no. That's my take. I don't think it gets above I don't 90. Know. The, the previews have been, have been pretty positive. I think they have been, but I don't think it's... I think it's going to be performance issues that's going to keep it down. I think it's going to be Jedi Survivor when it launches, except it won't launch on PC, so it won't have that big blemish. Well, the reports will we'll see if they ultimately end up being true. Was that they they did the thing where they actually like finished the game a year ago, and then and then polished, like had a full true. year of polish, which is nice. Um. Which I know, I know it's easier said than done to make that happen for many games, but by God, would it be amazing if more games could do that at this point? Because we're just, we're just getting too many horror stories. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on 16. It was a reason, there's a reason it was my first pick. I want to play it. I don't know when I'll get around to it because I'm committed to Death Stranding now, maybe after Death Stranding. Uh, and after Zelda, because Zelda's still going for me. Uh, but yeah, Fantasy Critic League, things are looking up for me. Joe is still the team to beat. Uh, also, Xbox insiders keep hinting that we're going to be seeing Hellblade at the Xbox show. And again, if even with your amazing Street Fighter showing, if that game comes out, you're dead. I Well, if Hellblade comes out, yeah, I, I am in trouble. Unless... I made a ballsy pickup, which is actually rumored to be at Xbox. Who knows if this is true? It's also rumored that it could be further along than expected. I took a long shot pick and I picked up Persona 3 Remake. Mm. Now, if that happens, that would be unbelievable. I but don't... You, still, you have one counterpick. You have one bullet in the chamber. When are you going to use it? Um, as it comes closer to realizing certain games are probably not coming out this year. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, more, sir, like guaranteed zero is what that counterpick has to be because if it's not, geez. But if it's guaranteed zero, it's just going to be an X. You won't be able to actually counterpick it, Mark. No, no, no. I mean, like, say, like, it's September and someone still has a game we don't have news on and someone still has it in their pick. Then it's like, oh, I got to jump on that right now. It's probably not coming out. We're not getting a date for that. Not like to the point where it's like, oh, they just confirm it's not coming out this year. But like people are starting to get, you know, uneasy. Like, eh, I don't think this game is happening. We haven't heard anything. That is what I'm waiting for. Because that is the best case scenario for my counterpick. So my counterpick philosophy, specifically with my Hellblade 2 pick, was that I felt like I had to lock Joe in on a zero. And I still think that will be the case despite what Xbox insiders are saying because I don't know. I I guess I won't put it past Microsoft to make a stupid decision. 
But their why whole would that thing, be a stupid decision? No, no. Their whole thing has been like one game a quarter. Give these like release a lot of games, but also give those games within that quarter time to breathe. If Starfield is coming out in September, I think the only possible time you could release Hellblade would, I guess, be November. Yeah, um, like I'm thinking like first week of November for the game. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And if they're not going to hit that, then I I mean, it would be idiotic to release it in December. Um, and I've, I've heard some people predict like, oh, maybe a December release date for Hellblade. Like, Why? They want Hellblade to be one of their big games. I think December is like the one month that you see very little success in. It used to be the like pretty much the entire first half of the year or first quarter of the year would be like a dead zone, and then the summer would be a dead zone. Uh, now twenty seventeen happened, and a bunch of big games released in March, and everyone's like, "Oh, we should do this." But now, pretty much everything kowtows to the to the Jeff Keighley schedule of a year of gaming is only 11 months long. Um, so. Relax. You know, keep your powder dry. You're going to have time to bitch about them later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, it would be idiotic to release in December. I wouldn't put it past them to even announce a November release date and then it gets delayed. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good on the counter pick. We'll could get I there. get burned? I could get burned, but I'm feeling good on it. Let's get in to what we've been playing. We've we've actually been shaking it up a little bit lately. We've been doing what we've been playing first off, so then we can just leave the rest of the show to the topics. And I think I've been liking that structure. I'm going to jump in and go first here because in this last two weeks, I've really kicked off in a new job, and I just really haven't had time. I've been generally more stressed due to the job i've been more tired and when i have like my two hours at the end of the night i just haven't really had the energy to game uh i've played a bit of zelda uh but my progress there has slowed down dramatically as the job has ramped up what have you gotten done in zelda so far right now i've gotten done the rito village thing okay and i'm in the the Zoras right now. Ah, okay. In my opinion, you're taking on the two worst dungeons in the game. Really? I yeah. Zora is definitely my least favorite. Like if I put a tier I literally put a tier list of the dungeons together uh today. But I put Zora in a tier way beneath everything else and then two tiers above I put the Rito Village one. And then the uh Rito Village one, not bad. Mm-hmm. Easy. Like, very easy. Okay. Well, that's just the name of the game here for Tears of the Kingdom, in my opinion. These dungeons, pretty easy. Um, Which... I don't know. I guess I... I mean, I I want to leave things with, like, a slight spoiler warning, I guess. Um, I'm not going to get too specific, though. There were... In the Rito Village dungeon, I assumed that these things that i was going for were going to either lead to another challenge or they were going to be like more interconnected in some complicated way but no not really i'll i'll just kind of like in separate areas of the dungeon you would complete the thing it would show that you completed it and then when it all came together 
you were at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a little disappointed about that. Did you think it was a step in, like a step forward from Breath of the Wild dungeons? Because like that was one of the main criticisms of that game. So the dungeons were not up to par uh, with past Zelda. Dungeons. I don't. I don't think it was a blatant step forward. Like I. Uh-huh. I, I don't think it was obviously better i liked the Mm -hmm. aesthetics of everything a little bit better and also getting to the dungeon was fun i thought i thought so too that's why i didn't say like like the main dungeon was was fun kind of like just going around it felt very like just like breath of the wild and like oh gotta find these five things and make this work uh only there's only one dungeon where i truly think it felt like a step forward for what breath of the like breath of the wild dungeons were and it's still like the same vein the dungeons still kind of run the same way but it felt slightly more grand you know what i think is fucked up in this new iteration of zelda um, unless i'm accidentally stumbling upon a spoiler but i don't think i am hmm. no hook shot why haven't they I... found a way to implement the hook shot in this version of the game I don't know. They, I know there was in development talk with Breath of the Wild. They had it. Like, it was something that was going to be in the game, but they cut it and just said it just didn't seem like something they wanted in the game. But you'd think for Tears of the Kingdom, they would have found a way. Because, like, with the, the, the layers and the verticality, it seems like the hookshot has a place in here. But I feel like hey. maybe it like diminishes the value of climbing and other abilities. That's probably right, but I don't know. If you gave me like a if you gave me like seventy percent of the Halo Infinite grappling hook and that's the hook shot, that would be uh-huh. that would be insane. I, w- I would have tried to do a zone eye like hook shot of some sort, like make it work that way. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Um, that's all I have though. Uh I've played a little bit of Zelda and that's about it. Mark, do you want to get your Zelda talk out of the way? And I, I'm not sure if you've moved on to something else. I have no idea if you've beaten this game yet or not. I haven't. I would have beaten this game if not for the other game that I've been deeply uh, enthralled with in the past week. But first, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm getting close to finishing it. I've completed all four temples and really am just on my way to what is going to be the final fight. And I have some more thoughts about it. The big thing that's always been on my mind, because like there's more story stuff here, of course, and that's the, one of the big things for me. This is definitely the step forward we've all talked about from Breath of the Wild, but I think it is pretty clear to me that I like Breath of the Wild way more than I like this game. What? Like, noticeably more than Tears of the Kingdom. Like... I think Tears of the... No. Oh, yes. Uh, no. Even from a gameplay perspective, are you saying that? Gameplay perspective is like the one thing Tears has, and like it is like objectively a more fun game to play. But Contrarian as Mark strikes again. No, 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 no. Like it's just a, it's a better game. I would, oh, I'll tell everyone that. Like it is like absolutely a better game. But the experience that is Breath of the Wild uh, versus the experience that is Tears of the Kingdom, I definitely lean more towards what Breath of the Wild kind of focuses on. And I mentioned before that I, I feel like what I what I think is so valuable from that Breath of the Wild experience is lost to anyone who would play the two out of order, because discovering Hyrule when 
we're in this post-apocalyptic world, a hundred years of calamity. Uh, there's no, like, n nobody really knows Link at this point. Uh, so you're just kind of, like, experiencing the world for the first time. Everything is kind of in ruin. There's, like, this kind of, like, uh, quiet peacefulness to it. And partially that's there in Tears of the Kingdom, but, like, it's not the same because, like, the terms are different. People are still here. People remember Link, but only some people remember Link, and that rubs me the wrong way. It's like, why does... I talked to certain NPCs that have quest lines in the first game. It's like, oh, they don't remember you? Why don't they remember Link? This makes no sense. And there's small things like that that kind of just poke the holes in my fun with Tears of the Kingdom narratively because my favorite things about Tears is just the, like the rediscovery of everything and just kind of going back to places that you'd been before and seeing how everything has changed. But when there's certain parts that are just like, oh, we don't remember you for no reason kills it it doesn't kill it for me but like it really hurts it for me and then just there the story are story things that i had heard that the second i saw them weeks ago i was like this is gonna drive him fucking crazy i i don't know what those story things are but like the story's really just not doing for me either or where breath of the wild i i wanted a bit more from it but at least through like the memories of breath of the wild i thought like okay there's a really cool story about zelda right here I do not think there's a very cool story about Zelda happening in this game because they try to do a very similar thing with memories here. And uh, I have found all of those memories at this point. Uh, and it's not really... I, I, I'm not in love with it, especially because I'm pretty sure at this point... not It's it's really weird because about how the timeline kind of works right now. Like, where does this fit in the timeline? Does it fit in a Zelda timeline? Where, like, both this and Breath of the Wild have referenced Ocarina of Time at parts of the game. Mark, if you, what, if, if you're what if this game just doesn't give a flying fuck about the Zelda timeline? I'm pretty sure it doesn't already. Which like, is what I've been seeing, is people's like, I don't, that's the discourse I'm referencing, but a lot of people have been saying, I don't see anything that relates to the timeline, and it's like, Nintendo, as a Nintendo fan, who is, but as a Nintendo fan who doesn't like Zelda, from the outside looking in, you have all been, like, scouring the earth, trying to just pin down this Zelda timeline. And at no point, it seems like Nintendo has ever given a flying fuck about the Zelda timeline. Well, they gave us such an interesting bone. They threw us this delicious bone of, like, the timeline split and how everything came together at that point. But that was, everything. like, a decade ago. And it was that good, Peter. It was just that good, that interesting, that Ocarina of Time was such a pivotal moment in the series that it split things three ways. But now, I read like this extra, like this text from a spot in the game, in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, telling about an ancient story of a character from Ocarina of Time. This isn't main story, this is like an extra optional thing. And not just as it talk about this person, but also talks about it in a way it's like, that didn't happen in Ocarina of Time. What are you talking about? This person never did this. Why would you say this? On top of that, like there's the Rito and the Zora. And from the timeline perspective, the Rito are descendants of the Zora. They evolved from the... It's weird. In in Wind Waker, the Zora, the fish race, evolved into the bird people race, which is like you think you wouldn't have evolution work that way in a world where water is king, but that's, that is how it is. But now here we are in Tears Kingdom, even Breath of the Wild, they're both just coexisting. They're both two different races. So it's like, oh, well, that doesn't work either. And even in that, the first Breath of the Wild, if you beat the Gerudo region, uh, 
I, I, I don't think it is when you beat the Gerudo region or if it's a, a flashback, but the champion, the, the old champion from the Gerudos, has a small speech about how she hates Ganon and Ganondorf, the Calamity, because set back the Gerudo people by a long time. Referencing Ocarina of Time, of course. Uh, or so we thought, which maybe it's not at this point. I don't know. So, uh, I still really like the game. I'm not done with it. Maybe there's something in the end, this act three, that really kind of does something for me. That I'm I, like, it's not that I hate the game by any means, but uh, the Zelda spirit. Uh, it, it, this game is like trampling on my Zelda spirit as much as is I'm it, having fun with this really cool open world game. Is it possible that it's just like uh, way in the future of the 3D Zelda timeline? Um, it wouldn't really like it doesn't really make sense in the grand scheme of things because you're far enough in the game you know Rauru, right? I know who. Rauru. Oh, Raru, yeah. <laughs> um, they they reference he's the first king of Hyrule, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's not possible. It's impossible. I think it's not possible with the timeline because that <coughs> it makes you think. It, 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 you have to think about Skyward Sword. You know, it's the very first game where they kind of descend from the sky and then they establish Hyrule that way. That's how it's always been, and that's just like, nah, it's Raru when he met with the Highlands that they made Hyrule. It's like, ah. I don't know about that. So, so not just like where this is like far in the future, but also just like how things kind of work in the past is like, not really. That doesn't work. That can't be this way. The Zora also in Skyward Sword at that point in time were like tiny tadpole people. They had not fully evolved yet in Sky from Skyward Sword. So seeing Zora people exist when Hyrule is founded doesn't really work there either. So. It's it's a bunch of small things, which I feel like most normal people, this means nothing. That's not what they're here for. But Tears of the Kingdom you're still not most normal people. I'm not in this situation, I'm not. Uh but it's it definitely makes me appreciate the game slightly less. I did uh, say it during last week, like, oh, you're gonna find out some story things that you are not gonna like. And it is the fact that they basically just wipe their ass with the same timeline. They're like, hey, anyway. Um Breaking breath uh, my uh, my uh, main take on your general negativity is I I think I think everything should be acknowledged of like sure there are negative thoughts to have on this game but it's also but it's also better than literally like 100% of games ever made oh absolutely um like this is this is still an amazing game. I have not talked on this podcast about how amazing it was the first time I went underground and just realizing just how pitch black it is down there, how terrifying it is down there. Have you spent much time underground, Owen? Not a ton because my main complaint of this game that was a problem in Breath of the Wild, obviously, but I almost think it's worse in this game is just the general flow of combat and the weapon degradation is so much worse in this game because you can't find good weapons you can only fuse good weapons and even then they're like not that good unless i'm just like totally missing something i that's i i don't know i when i was using weapons at the beginning of the game like I had no issues. Granted, I ran to Hyrule Castle first, and I said, all right, I'm going to stock up on some good stuff in here. 
kill some enemies that are way later in the game. I did just do that. Um, and even then I, I really don't feel like my weapons took a massive jump. Um, okay. The most I can really get them to is like maybe like a level 30 ish. Um, if I'm lucky, I can get it up above that, but pretty frequently I'm in the, I'm in the 20 to 30 range. I remember for the longest time there was, I had found one of the Hinoxes, the skeleton Hinox, and he dropped his horn. And I had, I think it was a Royal Claymore, the the rusty one. I fused both of those then had this in my pocket, like a level 40 to 50 weapon, just ready to go if I really needed it for any tough encounters. And a couple things kind of close to it, just from, I think it was the Black Horriblins. They dropped their hammer looking uh, thing. I stocked up. I had like 20 of those when I left. Hyrule Castle, it felt like. It's also driving me nuts because um, it feels like every single weapon I have is two-handed, and I just Mm -hmm. want a few one-handed weapons. That's fair. That is very fair. What I would do, Owen, I'm going to tell you this. You're upset that all the weapons uh, you're finding are kind of not great, but what if I were to tell you that down below the surface of Hyrule, find some weapons that maybe aren't so degraded so my experience with the depths so far hasn't been super positive oh no just because like it just feels like a big scary combat area and i'm not liking the combat okay um it's definitely a big part of it so that is fair is there a point where it will feel like it opens up more to me um not exactly. It's it is it's going to be dark and spooky down there till you put uh in the time to make it not dark and spooky. Okay. A lot of it is just there's a bunch of terrible monsters down there. There's a lot of cool loot down there. Uh there's a lot of Zonai ore down there, which is very crucial to the flow of the game to getting a, a bunch of Zonai stuff. And there's not like shrines down there or anything. Have you done like the story requirements? I think you have. You've done. You know what the light the roots camera. are and how that works. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's right. I found out that the the last feature, like the last ability we were talking about, that it wasn't sure if it was the story, like the main story puts you on this path or not. Turns out it does, because uh, I after doing all four of the areas, I went back to find out I still had one quest that was going to tell me, "Hey, you should check out this area and see what's going on." And then she, the person giving me the quest, is just like. Oh, what? You've already been there and done this? And she was about to put me on a whole quest line that I had already actually done. She's like, oh, I'm going to introduce this to you. Oh, you know about this. You know this person. Oh, you, you did this with them. Okay, well, congratulations, Link. <laughs> did, did you, like, do a lot of underground stuff early on? Uh, not, not like, too much. I I had done a temple before I even went underground. Okay. No, that's not true. That's not true because I had to get the paraglider at some point. You do have to go underground to get the paraglider. No, you don't. Before I, oh, I thought you did. No, 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 you don't. You're about to. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you don't. So yeah, I, I was in the Akala region and I went down a hole there, just like dip my toes in there, just to see what's going on, and then just started like running because I remember, just like being like, oh, it really is so pitch black down here, and I just realized, oh, I have these flowers. I've been collecting these bright bloom flowers. I'm gonna throw them around see what's going on 
and then my first shot with an arrow. This is this is like a moment in the game for me, where like I attach the light to the arrow, I launch it just to like see it like light up, and then time just keeps going on. I've shot the arrow. I haven't heard it hit the ground yet. Seconds are passing. I'm just like, where the fuck is my arrow? Did it just glitch? But then I want to say 10 seconds later, I hear a very faint ding and I see a light extremely far into this giant chasm beneath me thinking, oh my God, this is huge down here. I can't trust a single step forward because I could fall into a giant pit where there's a bunch of terrible monsters down there. And that sense of danger I thought was so, so fun. So very cool. Um, I don't. I don't want to much, talk too much about it of like the negatives because that kind of gets more spoilery. Because I do have some negatives about it, but I I am very impressed uh, with how big and how much more game there is down there versus like the sky where the sky there's not as much comparatively. I feel like I should do some grinding down there. Uh, I also feel like for this episode we shouldn't overload it too much with Tears of the Kingdom talk, sure. so we should probably move on to the other game that you've been playing. So, re-downloaded a certain Marvel Snap on my phone, and I feel like I played it for three days straight, just nothing else, because the game is just so good. It is one of the best card games ever made. Even listened to a podcast today where the director of uh, Marvel Snap went on to talk about it, like a month after the game came out. He's also director on Hearthstone, talked about... Uh, how he kind of, how him and the team kind of came up with that game versus how they came up with this game, which is a very interesting thing, just because Marvel Snap just works so well. It's such a simple card game with just one super cool mechanic. I've talked about it before, but it's the snap. It is just being able to bet. If you think the game's going to go well, you press a button snap at the very top of the screen. Uh, the amount of points you get for your rank is going to go up more if you win because of that, or it's going to go down. And if you retreat, or just like forfeit a game, it's considered escaping. Like you can like before the next turn starts when someone snaps, you have the option to be like, do you want to go through with this bet, or can you just look at the game and be like, nah, this is not it. I'm gonna get out uh, before we put our bet down, right? And both sides kind of snap to amplify it way, way, way more. If both people snap, it's like everyone's got all the chips in. You're either gonna get a lot of rank points, or you're gonna lose a lot of rank point at this point. And just being able to play this game and this mind game of just like playing around that mechanic if I just want to try to bluff, tell people, make people think like, oh no, he's got a good plan. The way that looking at the board state right now, he's got something in the top of that. But on top of this net mechanic, just the way that cards are kind of handed out. And it's a, this is where my story for where I'm playing in comes in, where I found out that depending on what level your character, like your account is, you have to like upgrade cards and you have like what is considered a collection level, which is like a path of just like, uh, stuff you unlock and the game gives you and a lot of that is just new cards it's the only way to get new cards is just playing the game more and slowly you're handed more cards and after certain thresholds you're put in different like player pools there's like three tiers first tier just has only certain cards in it second tier has another set of cards added to it and then once you're in the third tier all the cards you have access to you can play against people who have anything in this card and i only just this week got put in that third player pool which was disheartening because i thought i was on top of the world playing with people in pool two and now i'm seeing some cards that like all the decks i've built up to this point don't work so well when there's certain cards that just have some crazy abilities like 
I'm talking about Thanos and Galactus and some big Marvel characters. They're they're all in the tier three. I'm seeing them now, and it's not it's not as fun. But I do still love this game. I probably won't be uninstalling it now. I think it's here to stay on my phone at this point. Um, well, usually I've had Fire Emblem Heroes sitting on my home screen. Like that's that's been my go-to mobile game. I'll play that a little bit. And I think it's time to not uninstall Fire Emblem Heroes, but I'm going to be replacing it on my home screen with Marvel Snap as the mobile game on my phone. So big moment for me. Big moment. Every once in a while, a popular phone game like that will come along, and I think maybe this will be one I give a try. And I did download Marvel Snap. But then when I like first went to play it, it was like, why? Well, why do I need another reason to look at my phone? And then I just deleted it right then and there. I'm sure it's very good. I'm not the biggest card game person, but like I'm willing to try mm-hmm. it if people are saying it's a lot of fun. And I bet it is. But uh, I really just kind of can't justify phone games for me. I'm, I'm just not into them enough. And if I was super into them, I'm not sure I'd be very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like as it is a great mobile game. It is a great game. It has really uh, good microtransactions where people can't just fast forward and buy all the cards. You can, you have to play the same game as everyone else at a certain pace. But it's just that it's a really good card game, and that's what brings me back to it. Because I definitely feel the same way. Where it's like I don't want too many mobile games on here. I have Fire Emblem Heroes. It's always been on there because I really like Fire Emblem and don't mind having that small tactics experience on there. And the same for Snap, where it's just like, I I always have an itch now for a card game. Uh, and I would always download Yu-Gi-Oh! instead. But there always came a point with Yu-Gi-Oh! where I'm just like, this isn't fun anymore. I'm playing with people who are cheat- who are cheaters. I don't care what anyone says. There's no card game that should be designed in a way where people are realistically winning on turn one or turn two. And if you're not winning on those turns, you're not playing the game right. I don't want to play that game. I just don't. I'll play against the AI and Yu-Gi-Oh! and that's it. But Snap. Snap is different. All right, I think it's time to hear what Peter's been playing. Hi, everyone. I'm still here. Uh, I finished the Spiral Trilogy. I beat two and then started and finished Spiral 3. Spiral 1, definitely least favorite. I've debated between if I like two or three more. Because two, the levels had more. Again, the personality. How long are these games? I can't imagine. It's each of them probably. Spiral one felt like six or seven hours. Two and three both felt like eight to ten hours. Okay, that sounds. I, about I'd right. say closer to eight. Yeah, because you're thinking, how did he beat three games so quickly? It's because they weren't terribly long. Yeah, pretty much. Overall, solid, solid trilogy of games. One wonderful package right there. Really, they're all very similar. It's. You, you, there are these select levels. There are collectathons. You progress throughout different, like, you get further in the game by getting more collectibles. Then you beat a boss. You get to the next set of levels. Rinse and repeat. The first one, you're finding dragon friends. And the second one, my biggest critique of the game, it's that you have to get two different collectibles. And then you have you can only progress to different parts of the game with only specific types of, like, of said items. And it's like, just have one constant thing i'm chasing you know don't give me two different branches that it's annoying and then three you're just collecting dragon eggs it's the year of the dragon after all 
But uh, I'm glad I have these games now underneath underneath my belt. You know, I have this. It's another big franchise. I am now like actually a fan of. I know we played the Elijah Wood ones and like the other like spinoff ones when we were a kid, Mark. But I feel like I've actually mm-hmm. played the real Spyro, and it's fun. They're fun games. They're very again cartoony platformers from the mid to late '90s. They're very much my thing. But uh, done with them now. Uh, moving on to Death Stranding. Literally, when we finish recording. And I know you guys just said a lot about your games, but I, there just isn't that much for me to say about Spyro. It's just, it's it's a colorful collectathon from the nineties. You know, I'll be honest. If you talked as much about Spyro as Tears of the Kingdom, I'm n- I'm not sure how many people are tuning in for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, I, I think we can all just ag- acknowledge that, not in a mean way, just in like an objective way no, of how I mean, this I'm, conversation should go. If I were listening to a podcast and a guy was talking that much about Spyro, I'd be skipping forward like crazy. I would be listening to every word because I want to know more about Spyro without playing it. What do you want to know? I don't know. Exactly. That's, that's the part. It's like I don't. I don't even know what I want to know. So this someone talking about Spyro is going to determine that for me. Games were great, but that's all I have. Peter, you should become the guy that in every game you play, you make your little like analysis about how this like super benign moment was actually the most deeply haunting thing you've ever come across. In Spyro? I'm just making a, a joke based on that. That's a lot of YouTube. That's like the the moment you didn't realize was was dark. Oh, you mean the video Spyro. I say that's like fifty fucking minutes and it's yeah. like I point it's like, oh did you notice this little moment in Infinity War when Thanos said he loved Gamora? He actually did. Here's forty minutes as to why. It's like wow, real deep fucking analysis. The incredibly fucked up truth behind the two different collectibles in Spyro two. Gaming YouTube layoff. I agree. Uh, okay. Main topics. We are going to touch on Summer Games Fest and the upcoming Xbox show later on in the episode. But we haven't gone on the record as to what we thought about the PlayStation Showcase. And also kind of what we're thinking about PlayStation right now. Uh, Peter, I feel like you've been the hottest on this behind the scenes. Do you want to just kick it off on, on the showcase front? Some kind of more general thoughts. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to go by this one by one. Like if you were interested in the one by one analysis, you probably already heard other people do it, but, uh, general thoughts on the showcase. Disappointment. Thy name is PlayStation. What a bad show. It's the worst PS5 showcase by far. A little redeeming quality is people who are like, who cares about exclusives? I mean, I thought we were all on the same page of this at this point of like, think of this like a meal at a fancy restaurant. Like the brand, PlayStation, PlayStation games, that's that's the protein of the meal. And then you get a side. Maybe you have some some mashed potatoes or something. Maybe that's a, a smaller studio. Within PlayStation, maybe that's some second-party deals. Um, Or I would even add, like, really shocking third-party thing. That can be a part of the potatoes. But then, like, 
if you're at a really fancy restaurant, there might be like some sauce on the plate that's in a decorative way, some garnish. That's when it can be like, oh, look at this. It's the new uh we we got two minutes on the new Call of Duty. Like I guess that's a that's a fine addition because the brands like the fact that they can be associated with Call of Duty or something like that. But you don't want the show to be the garnish. And that's what it felt like this PlayStation showcase was. And I'm going to toss it to you, Mark. I just, I find it very difficult to not be disappointed in this, even if you think some of the games shown looked pretty good. There definitely were a couple of games I thought that did look pretty good, but like, I'm with you guys. This show was like incredibly disappointing. And I'm usually one to look at like kind of the bright side here and be like, Oh, there still was some cool stuff. Not every game is going to be for everyone, but here it's just like we. This is years in the making for a PlayStation showcase. Whether that's actually the truth, maybe we haven't gotten one for so long because COVID kind of messed up how they wanted to release their games and present things when they wanted to talk about stuff and not. Maybe that's a part of it. I fully believe they delayed the showcase because things of the X, things with the Xbox Activision they were heating up and they were just. I mean, again, there's the Hell Divers trailer leaked months ago. The whole trailer leaked months ago. I knew that it that bre- game leaked. I didn't know that the trailer leaked. A trailer leaked months ago of Hell Divers two, and the devs have been like, you know, they've been coy about referencing it. This, and again, had, like the whole PlayStation logo intro before the trailer, everything. So it was edited and ready. This showcase, in my mind, I just don't see this showcase. Just seems like it's been ready for months and months, and then they just kept delaying it. Because, again, they had to, you know, the Jim Ryan, like, feeble defense of, like, oh, poor innocent PlayStation, we have no games coming out, please don't give them Call of Duty. And just, if this was a state of play, it'd be a fucking great state of play. But it's not. They used the term showcase that has, wait, that means something, now it doesn't mean something anymore. But now it's just like everything else. The craziest thing is that I don't think this would have been the best state of play we've ever had. No, the, sl- the state of play last year I thought was pretty good. Yeah, that one was pretty good. And, yeah, and last year that's, was really good. that's a, like, mostly third-party thing, but it's like, oh, cool, Resident Evil 4 remake. We got some some interesting-looking games that we had never heard of. Like, mm-hmm. this was... I, I, I need to pull up an article to reference, like, exactly some of the stuff that was here, because at this point we're far enough removed that my, my memory is not quite there, but I wasn't really surprised by anything minus like marathon from Bungie, which and even re- then it's still a cgi trailer still cgi trailer really cool cgi trailer very cool and i also trust Bungie. Mm-hmm. but remember um, remember when we were talking about our predictions and i said what if Bungie just wants to show off their new ip here and you guys are like absolutely not i feel a little validated now well, now that I see it's multi-platform, it's just like, it really does hit home to me. And I don't see it as a bad thing. It was just like, oh, they're never making a single exclusive PlayStation. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing will be exclusive. And again, not bad. That's not why they were purchased. We'll get to why they were purchased later on when we talk about Naughty Dog. But clearly, they really are just there to oversee their games as a service. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, doing a bang-up job, everybody. So mm-hmm. much confidence in that portion of PlayStation. I, I want to say probably the most... One of the most, if not the most disappointing thing to me is that we did see the bits of it was Fire Sprite and Haven, nope. right? 
Firewalk. Firewalk. I, the two fire am, studios. The two I fire never, studios. I never get the fire studios confused, and I never will on that. I'm better than everyone. I just want to make yeah, that good, clear. good for okay, you. Thanks, good dude. for you. I bet it's really gonna pay off for you that you don't get these studios confused. When will... Lucid gets purchased, it's gonna be the cherry <laughs> on top. Um, it just matters uh, for us as a podcast because we're a gaming podcast where at least we have one person on here. You know, we got someone who knows the fire studios, right? We'll always yeah, do that. Yeah, of course. I have. But, oh, wait, no, Mark, you continue. Hold on. I was just going to go on about this, the stuff that they showed today. Or not today. They sh- they showed at the, the showcase, which was just these cinematics where one of them was just basically a logo. And the other one was like the watchdog payday looking game, right? Yes. Okay. So the one was called Concord, right? That's Firewalk. Yes. Uh, literally. Oh, it's a fire sprite. Huh? There's literally nothing to take away from that. Um, and that's massively disappointing. Uh, it has Peter. I said this to you in private. Like that has the same value as Contraband has for Xbox as just this like totally random game completely removed from any sort of context all we know is that it is a a game with a name and a studio attached to it that's it and there's there's no value you can put on that other than the fact that they have named a game i think the only thing it, like people are speculating right now that it's that that it's going to be like a payday like kind of game well, no, Which, that that's that's uh, fair games with a dollar sign as the S. Oh, that's not the the no, fire. No, we're, we're talking about two different things. Firewalk. Oh, is, sure. Firewalk. All right, th- Mark. I'm gonna ring a bell. Well, no, but buy a bell. I I don't. I think this is more indicative of like what they showed than anything, because I I watched the entire showcase on a faster speed afterwards because i wanted to have the context uh but i had already heard people talking about like how disappointing it was so i didn't want to like fully waste my time um and at the faster speed i i legitimately like might have blinked during the concord reveal and just not had any understanding that that was a game or that that was fireworks game i i had to ask you guys after and then i looked into it further after that but um now the first game of the showcase was fair games this is haven's game jade raymond studio playstation so impressed by them peter you said it like this is a ubisoft game just looks like a ubisoft game Maybe if they make an actual like high quality version of Payday, because my opinion on Payday is that I know a lot of people that really like that game. James is one of those people. I am not one of those people. I think that game is garbage. Um, I think it's a great concept. Don't get me wrong. I think playing it sucks. If they made a a good version of Payday, then I think actually think that would be very successful but this trailer did not tell me that they're making the good version of payday but can i can i even push back on that but it's like more so turning it into a critique of playstation is that 
I don't think you can say that because we can't critique any of these games as a service because we didn't fucking see them. We didn't actually see a first-party games as a service PlayStation game. It was all CGI. I can't, we can't debate game to game the game and say, I think they're doing these attributes well. I think they could be doing better here. I can't fucking, I, last time we talked, I was talking about, oh, Haven's going to be the tip of the spear. Mark Cerny's working on that game. Like, personally, the lot, they were the first, like, multiplayer studio that PlayStation bought for these ventures, not including Bungie, you know, like the individual ones making exclusive games. Clearly, they are going to be the best of the best, and it's just like, I'm going to duck my own head in the toilet, because now I look so goddamn stupid after saying that, after seeing what we saw. My, how, how do they think this is going to inspire confidence in, in, their, in their endeavors? Who is going to see this and go, oh boy, this does not tell me that we have a game to show you. This tells you, this tells me that this game is still many years off, please come work on it, because that's all CGI trailers are mostly for, unless it's a sequel. Just... I, I really feel like I'm reopening a wound because I'm now being like swarmed with the disappointment I felt last like last Wednesday of just walking around like this can't be it. This can't possibly be all there is. You know, the last like major CG trailer reveal for a game I remember where people were like really baffled and just like what is this game? This is could be cool and all I trust I this studio. The Redfall was a very iconic one. Owen and... and I watched it together with a friend of ours, and I, Mark, we know you were there too, right, Mark? For Redfall? No, no, no. I, no, I, was I believe not Joe was there. Reveal. Yeah, that's who it was. It was Yumi, Joe, and then the other, and then the other person. And I remember saying to you guys, like, I don't like till we ended on that new IP. And again, that was also Xbox. Is one more thing, Jesus. But uh, again, just like again and. I've always said, maybe not always, but my opinion currently is, trans is transformed into I'm okay with the CGI trailer if it is a sequel of a game that we already know the gameplay of, we're already a fan of, so the more so announcement is this game, like the sequel, a sequel happening than the game itself, you know what I mean? Whereas if you're doing a brand new IP CGI trailer, you would have, like, you would have as good a marketing as if you just played like five minutes of a Seinfeld episode and an Xbox conference. It would tell me as much about the game. I don't understand how this mistake keeps being made by multiple publishers and no one's learning from it. The only scenario where I disagree with you, but Mark just pointed out the, the flaw in the logic I'm about to bring up is that I can occasionally be okay with a CGI trailer if it's a studio I trust. Now, clearly, that trust was broken with Arcane and Redfall. I'm thinking specifically the marathon trailer here of like, okay, I trust Bungie to make a quality game, and I still, I just can't get over how cool that game looks. I just think it, the art design looks extremely cool. Um... And I have faith that it will look cool when they actually show it off. Do I wish that they showed it off at this? Of course I do, but they didn't. Um, really quick comment on a trailer. Uh, listening to a podcast, the, there was a, a Street Fighter Six trailer here, which you might be wondering why I'm bringing that up. I listened to a podcast and they brought up like, oh, well, you know, fighting games can often have like really cool character creators and you can make like really 
fucked up character so maybe the the single player will be fun for that reason i find it objectively hilarious that the trailer that they showed off for the career mode or whatever it would be considered you're literally just a guy like he's just a guy fighting street fighter characters um nothing distinctive about him they didn't show off a character creator at all I don't, I don't know if the game actually has a good character creator or not. I just, I found humor in that trailer because it's just like, oh, look, it's Rio versus a dude. I believe I've heard that the character creator in Street Fighter Six is pretty in-depth, actually. So sounds like very cool things are going to come out of that, which I haven't mentioned it yet, guys. But I'm going to be hopping on the Street Fighter Six train. Friday. Really? So fucking good, Mark. Yeah. I got a DM from a friend of mine on Monday. She was asking me if I'm getting the game because her and a bunch of other buddies are just getting it. And I was like, what? I didn't know you were all getting the game. Okay. Because every so... time to get a fighting game, it's like, oh, if you know, if you have a group of friends who are all getting a fighting game, it's like, well, nothing you know, that's, better. There's nothing that's the better. time to do it. <laughs> Mar- Mark, let me know. Street Fighter Six is supposed to be the one that has kind of like the the casual control style, right? Mm-hmm. If you end up using that, let me know how it is. And if it's good, like, I'm I'm all aboard. I've thought this game looks really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, I more so appreciate fighting games from afar more than I actually like playing them generally. But if they make it a little more accessible... Controls wise, I could I could see myself really liking this game, especially if a few of us have it. I'm definitely, I mean, on top of just knowing a bunch of people who are getting it, uh, the idea that they are trying to simplify the controls a bit more makes it sound way more approachable to me. Someone who has avoided more traditional fighting games because the inputs, I just can't get them right fast enough to feel like I'm actually playing the game well. So I'm hoping that these simplified controls uh, help, you know, help 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 you get onboarded a lot faster. Because I really, really would like that. But I'll let you know for sure. All right. What did, back to PlayStation. What did we think about Spider-Man? I th- I thought it looked pretty great. Um, you never know what Insomniac writers you're getting. Marvel Spider-Man One had very good Insomniac writers. Sunset Overdrive and Malice Morales had less good Insomniac writers, so I'm just I'm a little nervous for two in that department. I mean, there was the line in the trailer about uh, I forget who I think Miles said someone has fangs. Watch out! And Spider's like, but he forgets I also have fangs. I didn't <laughs> like that line. I did not really like that line, it's, but it's not very good. And a lot of people. A lot of people are writing it off as like, oh, but that's just Spider-Man. And it's like, I I don't know. I don't know if it is. Like we're about to see Spider-Verse this weekend that, while Mark doesn't think so, has very good writing and won't be saying lines like that. So. And also, there's a difference between a cheesy joke and a bad line. Yes. Cheesy jokes can be okay. A bad line... Not so much. Um, I thought the Black Shoe gameplay looked great. I thought the gameplay in general looked great. Great, great, great. Um, I I think the wingsuit looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. 
why the fuck is there no release date? That's what I want to know. What if it gets delayed? Should we be worried? How is there no release date yet? It's the end of May. Did, when did God of War I, Ragnarok get their release date? Because that was also pretty down to the wire too. Like this, this just happens for PlayStation games. Refresh me. Did they say fall? Did they say September? They said fall. Okay, fall. God of War. I do not remember. They announced the release date. I feel like it was like two months before the game came out. Like it was pretty down I to the do wire. Think... The developers were getting threats for that release date. I do think that PlayStation has taken what is probably the wise approach of like, you know what? If we give a release date too early, people will just hang us with it. So let's just wait until we know that it's actually going to come out. Mm -hmm. I imagine that internally, like delaying it is not the question here. It's just like, is it something they don't want to push it back a month or two? They just want to have the date, know it for sure. Like I bet in their minds, this game is coming out in fall. They just don't know when in fall it is. Or we'll get it. Like to kind of add on to that, I wouldn't be shocked if like internally they're thinking September, but like maybe it could actually be November. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I think like I don't think it'll get delayed to next year at this point. Uh, so I think yeah. we're safe in that that department. Agreed. I did think the game looked nice. Someone who did enjoy... I was surprised with how much I liked Spider-Man when I played it uh, later a year or two ago. And I I still am of the mindset I'm going to be there day one for it. Granted, I still haven't played Miles. Peter, don't you own Miles physically? Yes, for PS4. I can backwards compatible that. Give it to me. I mean, Mark, it's probably at home. I didn't take that with me. Oh, well, I'm going to keep it then. You don't want it. No, I'm never going to play that game again. Okay, well, all your physical games, it's just a sign you don't want them but anymore. It's, but, Mark, the PS5 version is so much prettier, and on the hardware, you enjoy it more. You, you should play it on PS5. I think it's a next-gen gonna... experience. I think I'm going to play the PS4 version for free, because it's right here. All right. I, I found the PS4 version to be perfectly serviceable, although I did end up buying it on PS5 after watching uh, whatever the most so recent one was. No Way Home. Is it No Way Home? Yes. Okay. Um, I did end up buying the PS5 version after that. Uh, and, you know, me and Peter have talked some shit about Miles Morales, the game, uh, for story reasons. I didn't have any gameplay issues. I, I actually just really love the gameplay of these games. And uh, one thing that I'm really looking forward to in Spider-Man 2, because I feel like they're going to build on this, Miles has some special powers in that game and man do you like feel the force that you're hitting people with i just thought yep. it was so effective and my, that it was looks my like, biggest compliment it looks like the black suit gameplay is really going to build on that and they're also just going to make the mile stuff better so i i'm really looking forward to it i just i wish we how was there not another single player game at least one. Like, how is it just Spider-Man? And then they announced that fucking the Wii U gamepad is coming to PS5 and the PlayStation earbuds, which actually might not be bad. I, I could see them myself buying those in the future if I have the money. But can we all just talk about the fucking PlayStation 5 gamepad? What is that monstrosity? I think it looks so stupid. 
It's uh, going to be priced at like fucking three hundred dollars. No one's going to buy it. It's just going to be burning like burning a hole in their wallets. I think there's going to be a little bit of a period here where some of these companies are going to get off on their little cloud gaming device and a lot of people are going to discover that they don't have the internet that actually allows them to use it and people are going to be angry because they're not going to understand that until they actually have spent the money on it okay here's something a question i have because i do you said something that was like a slight like a slight when does everyone think because I think this internet is getting here sooner than everyone thinks. But so many people seem to think we're not going to have this kind of internet for like another 500 fucking years. So, Owen, when do you think we're going to all, we're broad, like, we're actually going to have good internet throughout the majority of the country? When are ISPs going to be prevented from holding monopolies within areas of cities? Because, like, I can only get Spectrum. I know a lot of people on uh, on the West Coast can only get Comcast. Uh, some people can only get Xfinity. When you when you have fiber internet available to you, I think you're good to go. But if you are only able to choose from one internet provider and they don't offer that, then you can't do anything about it. I think we're going to have this internet in a wide scale by the end of this decade. I mean, maybe, but I I just think the only barrier to that is the corporations surrounding it. And they've all lobbied to make sure that they can do this, like, keep customers hostage type of thing. Uh, so, like like everything else, it's, it's up to the corporations and the politicians that are owned by the corporations pretty much Ooh, edgy well i i i i almost find it cringy like saying something like that but it's it's true i mean it's we have no power in this situation i'm i guess 2034 that's my hat in the ring here you know I, that okay. sounds like a good year for it i respect that so another place a piece of playstation news we could talking about is the naughty dog and boy have they been naughty so i i can i can give a general synopsis of what's going on which is pretty simple the team for last of factions has been shrunk dramatically according to reports and naughty dogs claiming that they're still committed to this but these are the type of moves that get made when they're when a company's no longer committed to something. And I find it so interesting that this was after Bungie was apparently doing like a peer review of a bunch of other games, the service games, the PlayStation's making, and they told Naughty Dog like this isn't it. And uh, so this also lines up with a report that uh, Deviation, one of the studios that you predicted Sony would buy, it turns out Sony is actually, I mean, pretty much killed them. I, I think they might have completely pulled out of their investments in the deviation. There's deviation, no way they didn't. And deviation had to lay off 90% of their staffs. Holy uh, shit. I did not hear that part of the report. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. That that studio's done for. I don't see them ever releasing a game. Uh, and now Naughty Dog, the crown jewel of PlayStation. I've I've often said... 
on this podcast that I thought factions would be cool, but it's really a disappointment that they're like what I would still consider their lead single player team was toiling away for years on a multiplayer game. I always thought that was a disappointing result because it it implied that they weren't as actively working on a new single player game. And now, like, it might be for nothing? This is bad. This is, like, borderline Xbox bad. Not quite there, but close. Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's definitely something that doesn't give me confidence in any of these service games. Like, We've been on the fence. We've been curious to see how Sony's going to go about it. And even just from seeing... What do you want to say? Concord and the I the name escapes me for the fair the games. Fair games, yes. Um, those are the the two we've seen the most, and the, the ones that they felt like okay, we're ready to reveal these at the very least. We're going to put these out there at some point, even though Concord, we don't even know what that is. It's really, it's just dangling there. But um, it's it really is just Sony's plan to have a blunderbuss of just service games and they're going to shoot them all out there and hope one sticks just hope something works which really that's what the market kind of is is just like stuff keeps coming out in this in this model and if you're lucky enough to get people's attention uh maybe it lasts a while and if it doesn't it gets shut down in two or three months just like the rest of them uh the question just is what what is it that's really grabbing people's attention? How do you pull people away from these main service games? And I feel like it is an impossible thing to do, but when there's just so much money that you could possibly get from like sticking the landing, I just feel like they're just gonna keep on trying and I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing I am tired of almost. Just like I, I don't think I am really ever going to be someone who's going to be starving for a cool new service game. Uh, and I, I hope something shows up that just shows that just seems interesting. Something that seems like, oh, that's a cool game. Oh, I haven't seen something like this before. That could be neat. I, I'm like, I, I know, know. and again, I will continue to shut talk with CGI, but because it's them, I think Marathon could be this. Mm-hmm. Are you going to try a Marathon, do you think? Depends on the gameplay. Because again, you know, it's a fucking. I, I mean, one ex- of my biggest I- gaming. One of. One of my, like, top three biggest gaming regrets, maybe top five, is that I didn't get into Destiny when it started. I wish I did so bad. I mean, if you were following Games Media at the time, it was pretty discouraging. People hated Destiny when it came out. Well, well, look at them now. I mean, I played it when it came out, and I thought it was fun enough. It was just like, oh, this isn't the massive Halo campaign that I wanted from uh, Bungie following up Halo. Or the Halo multiplayer I wanted, but it, it was fun enough. And then, of course, the Taken King, that was the perfect time to yes, join Peter, and, but you didn't and take it. I had my my time during the Taken King. I probably put in over 100 hours during that period. And and that period was awesome. I loved my time with Destiny then. Uh, I, I have a regret that I never stuck around with Destiny 2. I was actually there on launch day, but... I was pretty discouraged because the Destiny 2 launch was bad, too. It was bad. Um, <laughs> I think it was worse. I I thought it was worse, too, because we just came from this, like, 
the point that we left off in Destiny 1 was terrific. It, it was really an amazing game. Um, and then Destiny 2 took a lot of steps back. And now, I mean, they probably surpassed Destiny 1 at this point if you've been around. I'm not sure if there's, like, really any ability to join again. That being said, if Marathon is not a continuous thing, I mean, I I haven't gotten into an extraction shooter yet. But, like, I'm definitely going to try this one. Why wouldn't I try this one? It's a, it's a new bungee shooter. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see them try extraction, uh, an extraction shooter. I've... I've, the only extraction game I've played uh, is Dark and Darker, which is not even a fully released game, and I, I like it. I could see Peter not being super interested in it, but I don't know what the pun or what Bungie is going to try to do to that genre to make it stand out. So I'm I'm just very curious to see what is the Bungie flavor of extraction shooter in that one. Um, Peter, and Peter, I, I trust like, them. I'm curious about Peter at Extraction Shooters. Do you have an opinion on him at all, Peter? I don't have a single opinion. And my opinion is unformed, so they, if anyone's going to mold it, it's going to be Bungie. Okay. So I... here, here's a point I want to make on this Games as a Service conversation. Is that I, I guess we consider Marathon a PlayStation Games as a Service game, even though it's going to be multi-platform. But they own Bungie, so they'll... They'll get all the fruits of of Marathon. Um, Marathon immediately jumps out from an aesthetic standpoint of like, this game looks different than every everything we've been playing, and it just seems like it has a different level of quality, and part of that is us carrying into it the fact that Bungie is making it. Now, I thought this was going to be a PlayStation-wide thing. I thought we were going to see the first showing of this Haven game, Fair Games, and we were going to think, like, now that looks different than anything we have seen so far. But it's not. It actually looks exactly the same as everything else. It looks, as we said, like Ubisoft game, has that kind of, like, cartoonish overly colorful art style like can't you just see the john wick skin and the uh somehow the the john snow skin and whatever the fuck else they want to put into this game somehow they're going to pull it off and this feels like it's like a it can just be entered into the family of the fortnite clones not in the way that it's a battle royale, but in the way that it has this kid-oriented, inoffensive art style that you could create a version of a lot of popular characters to be skins in it. And it's disappointing to me that PlayStation is actually stooping that low, that they're playing that game. And that's my biggest bummer to what we've seen so far, even though we've hardly seen anything. I just don't know why people service efforts. I don't understand why like so many companies like are chasing that art style, but like outside of Fortnite, like who stuck the landing? No, who has this think, worked? For? But they keep thinking, well, they messed up, but we won't. Like, like I saw a picture. I I thought of this the other day. Allow me to go on the story. 
when I first went to a certain college in Orlando, Florida, uh, uh-huh. I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. My first teacher, my first class, he's like, oh, everyone, how are you doing? I'm so-and-so. And about six minutes into the class, he said, I want all of you to look around the room at every other person you see. Come December, 60% of these people will not be enrolled here anymore. And I remember that was like a oh shit moment for everyone. And he was right. I was one of them. I was gone. <laughs> I was I, I left early in mid-December. I was one of those people. And I bring this up because I'm seeing pictures from Haven Studios, everyone clapping, watching the CGI trailer oh, airline. No. <laughs> oh no. And I and I so when I saw that picture, I thought of the story. I was just like, I want everyone to look at every picture to everyone in that picture of Haven celebrating. In about two years, majority of them will be laid off. That's my prediction. Okay. I want to see you do that January for next year on our predictions episode. I think and again, we haven't seen it yet. I'm not I'm not and I'm not trying to be like, oh I'm so confident this is definitely gonna happen. But that's the impression I have right now. And it's ironic coming from me, the guy who was saying that PlayStation, I mean, all, last year you can give it a shut the fuck up about how PlayStation was going to buy like four multiplayer studios and Lucid Haven, Deviation, and Firewalk. And now, fuck man, I don't know how long the lights are going to be on because I look at that CGI trailer and again, I, fully, I can't fully critique it because it wasn't a game, it was a CGI trailer, but like, if that's the kind of energy PlayStation is going into this medium with, they're going to be out on their ass by the end of the decade. And I just... Jim Ryan's vision of PlayStation is toxic. It only gets worse. And also, stop having him fucking present these showcases. He's fucking terrible at it. He sucks at so many other things. And he's also a bad public speaker. Jesus Christ, have Herman do it. I think... Um, I don't know how much we've touched on this before, but I've heard other commentators say, like, the PlayStation model appears to be, like, be the apple of gaming. And I would generally agree that that is what they're striving for. And these games that they've shown off are, like, the opposite of that mentality. I can't really put it into words what uh, what I was just trying to say of like the perceived lack of quality that I see here because it's kind of like a an intangible thing of there's certain like the best companies the best developers there's like an x factor to the things that they show like if from software is showing off a CGI trailer there's still just like a little bit of a different energy about that and I actually think if PlayStation is showing off a new single player game there's a little bit of a different energy about that but there just isn't for these multiplayer games that they've shown to this point and it would really take a lot to convince me even when we see gameplay it'll take a lot to convince me that this this colorful cartoony Ubisoft game has PlayStation quality behind it. I, d- I don't know what it would take to convince me. I am banking on it being kind of a natural feeling, but I'm just not convinced it's going to come. 
And I thought I thought that factions was the best chance to have that energy behind it because it's it's a PlayStation team that we know and at least sometimes love. But now it seems like we're not even going to get the opportunity to see that. That's uh, uh, these are basically the summation of my of my PlayStation thoughts, which is that it seems like they're more on fire over there than we've realized. And it, we almost mainly haven't realized it because in comparison, they still look fine next to Xbox. Like they still have Spider-Man. Like, they're fine. I, I don't know if I'd say it's on like that. They're on fire. Cause like they're just moving at such a slower pace is what it is. And when the stuff comes out, it delivers. Of course, like the service games is just something they have cooking in the background, which like I, I'm just eager to see it just in case something cool is there because I want to see some of these new studios actually put something out. and I, Or I just also want to see, okay, can we move past this? Like if this isn't going to work, this isn't going to stick, let's go on to the next chapter of PlayStation if that's just not what, uh, if that's not what's going to work. Because like when Sony Santa Monica drops something, when Naughty Dog drops something, even Spider-Man, everything, like when they come out, it's, it's great. Uh, I just think it's a testament to how... Uh, when Sean Layden left, he said the way PlayStation was going, things are looking unsustainable. And if that's if the model really was, it's going to take four years, four or five years to really make every first party PlayStation game. And like they're just going to be that spread out. Does that get worse over time? Does it just keep happening? I don't know. Maybe that isn't the greatest thing, but these games take time. If they if these are going to be the most technically impressive games the most state-of-the-art stuff and it takes that long maybe that's what has to happen at this point in time which is like a bummer like no no like like i i am willing to to say like okay these things take time but man that's gonna suck at the same time if that is like the trade i don't know how you feel about that if that would be the reality of just playstation moving forward well is the thing that is taking time like is it just going to be Horizon 3? Is it just going to be Last of Us Part 3? Mm-hmm. I'm yes. excited for Ghost 2, but like, is it just going to be Ghost 2? Um, yeah. I mean, like, Cory Barlogs will be the new IP, and that's all I can think of. There's, there's a good sports analogy for PlayStation right now, which is, uh, you know, being a Buffalo sports fan, I've been through this quite a few times for both the Bills and our hockey team, the Sabres, which is the you hire a new coach and you you get all the excitement behind their first season because because you always have to and you know that they're going to change things up to some extent and you're excited to see how those changes work now dumb sports fan conventional wisdom has always been like oh you gotta give them at least three years You, you don't really know if you have a good coach until after three years but sometimes you you might know that you have a horrible, horrible coach after six months. And there can be... There are not many feelings more dreadful than knowing that your team is going to stay committed to this horrible guy after six months. They're actually going to fulfill those three years. And it's just, like, truly awful. You know that you're going to experience, like, no happiness as a sports fan. 
and I'm not sure we're at that point with PlayStation, but there's certainly this this Jim Ryan feeling we've expressed of like, man, we're really not confident in the route this is going until we see him leave the building. Is that is that a fair sentiment? Oh, I think it's very fair. This is a certified Jim Ryan hater podcast almost, would you say? I, I think we might be... Oh, we, I hate Jim We Ryan. have our certification there, yes. Yeah, we're, I, hate, we're, I fucking hate Jim Ryan. My God. Like, like maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. But uh, there was some, he had some interview come out, like some statement on something. We're saying he is in touch and talking with a lot of gaming, like gaming fans. Like that's how he referred to as like gamers. It's like gaming fans and I, we know each other. And I'm just Sounds like, like really Peter. That's true. Actually, <laughs> when you put it that way, Peter, what do you think about Jim Ryan's terminology here? I, I, there's hatred that you know, and then there's just hatred that's on the peripheral around you. I know why I hate that word. I know why I hate that type of culture. Well, there's Jim capital G. Jim Ryan doesn't know how to fucking hold a game controller. Okay? I know what I hate. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. There's capital G gamers and there's lowercase G gamers, Peter. You can... You're more of the lowercase G gamer, and I think that's fine. You know, you don't have to be the capital G gamer. And that seems like where you've got the beef right there, Peter. Is this true? I think we should just retire the fucking word. There's no, there's, I just don't think any human being is capable of using it in a genuine way. But then there's some who are much worse than others, like Jim Ryan. Like he's talking, it's, he's talking the way he speaks, the way Jim Ryan talks to people, it's like in his mind, he's constantly speaking to aliens. You know it's a very I mean? str- it's a very stressful job if that's what he's like, doing. He just like he, and like <laughs> like no one understands him. He thinks he has to like explain everything or like it just he doesn't know how to properly communicate, and he never. Well, will. I've like never seen him communicate. Like he gave his like small little segments in this thing, and he'll also release like what I would say have been fairly contentious statements when it comes to the Activision Blizzard deal. Like, very, like, not even kind of hiding the fact that he's showing resentment towards Microsoft and Xbox. Um, I haven't really frequented any of his interviews. Uh, He's definitely not someone who does the podcast rounds. Um, You have Sean Layden on Twitter just talking about how much he doesn't like the current area of the games industry talking about how he's quoting this too shall pass so in terms of talking about the current games as a service life of playstation he is openly not happy with what they're doing well i i really it's going to be interesting to see how they ultimately recover when this era inevitably comes crashing down i I mean i just don't see the hit happening i i I don't know what would make the the games as a service marathon and it's a multi-platform and you know even because it's multi-platform that could be enough to to lessen the blow of of any sort of inevitable crash because i really think 
I mean, you you have said this in private, and you pretty much just said it. Only you were specifically talking about Haven. I mean, all of these teams that were hired for their multiplayer thing, it would be it would be surprising to see them survive past one game. Is that fair to say? I uh, is it jumping the gun too much? I think that's totally fair. I feel like that's kind of the nature of these things. But is if Sony is like funding these things, like on paper, maybe it's like, okay, we trust you to try to go again. We've invested so much, but I could totally see it being the opposite way, which is probably the way I'm leaning towards just being like, okay, this, this was a real disaster. Uh, like, it's not the kind of thing you kind of rebound, like, oh, we'll try something smaller. It's like, we do this again, right? Or we're done here, right? That those are the only things I can think of. Like, and that's a, that sets a bad tone for Sony moving forward. If like that's if that's the era of Sony we're gonna be coming towards, it's like they're gonna keep doubling down on these service games and just shutting down studios who don't stick the landing. It's like who wants to sign these deals with PlayStation anymore? Like I know I wouldn't want to do that if that's what's gonna happen. It's like, oh, we're gonna be promised some funding unless if we just don't stick the landing in an impossible like market right now. No, that sounds awful. I said last week that Bend and Media Molecule are in the you have one more chance club. I think I'm officially adding Firewalk and Haven into this. Because this is their only chance. All four of them are standing on the cliff, you know, their heels starting to come off, little pebbles falling off, they look down dramatically at the rushing water. If Haven or Firewalk screw up the first time, there will not be a second time, especially with how much money they're pouring into these studios. There will not be a second chance. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, are there any more points you guys want to make? I feel like I've made the majority of the points I want to make on the on the state of PlayStation. An- another nice and negative, meaty conversation for us, but uh, I I don't know. I I like to think we're keeping it real here. And yeah, no, I just like the people who are like. I get the people who are like, no matter what, we have to keep our eyes on the prize. You know, it's like PlayStation, like just everyone. Again, it's like the people I know. Oh, and you still agree with this about how Phil Spencer shouldn't have done that interview. Da, 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 da. If things are bad, I want people to tell me that things are bad. I don't want people to try to like ease my nerves when the house is on fire. I could smell the smoke. I'm coughing. I feel like I'm dying. Please tell me there's a fire. Don't tell me everything's fine in the state foot. Things are not fine in PlayStation right now. I think they're much worse for Xbox, and we will talk about that in a minute. And I just want to do, like, a slap on the wrist to all the Xbox fans who used that one Xbox tweet talking about how all those multi-platform games that were on the PlayStation Showcase, how they're also coming to Xbox. They're like, oh my god, Xbox owned PlayStation. First of all, if you talk like that, you're weird. Like, it's, you know what? You know, this, you know, we're all living our one life. We could die tomorrow. You know, do what makes you happy. But at the same time, you're a fucking weird person if you care about console horrors as much as you do. All right, I'm just going to say that. I don't care. But also, just anyone, but to, if we were to actually entertain those for a second, anyone was talking about, oh, we got Xbox dunked on PlayStation. The last month that Xbox has had has been one of the worst months in their entire fucking history. That does not, like, Owen, if you shit your pants in public, and we're all like, oh, look at you, and then Mark shit his pants, if you were then to go, hey, everyone, look, Mark shit his pants, I'm everyone's gonna be like, Owen, you still smell like shit, and you have shit in your pants. No one cares <laughs> if you think it's funny that Mark also shit his pants. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... uh. 
just to to echo the the take on console warriors like i've always actually found the console wars like fascinating but not as like a as a fanboy like i can't stand these people that are like doing their laps on twitter about this type of stuff especially since i also want to add clarity the where we disagree on the phil spencer interview is simply that i just don't think he helped xbox from it i i enjoyed the interview i was glad he did it i just don't think he he helped xbox in any way um but uh i mean there's a reason why there's been like a percolating sense over the last four or five years and it's been continued of like gaming's not in the best spot thankfully we still get our moments we still get our tears of the kingdoms we get our our street fighters or our resident evil 4 remakes or or ories like that there are there are things to point to that are still great in gaming but i mean there is just so much bad going on and we it's really creeped into these presentations that we used to look at with such wonder and excitement and now it's really hard not to look at them and think man there's just there's a lot of shit coming out and it's not shit that is made for me in any way maybe it's made for someone but i'm i'm not convinced about that either mm-hmm I definitely feel a similar way there, just with all these service games. Like as a spectator, I'm curious to see what they're going to be because this is like where we are. This is like the current arc of Sony right now. I'm just like, oh, I want to know how this plays out. Am I going to play this game? Maybe. I think from the entirety of the show, the the two things I was the most curious about is Talos Principle Two happening. Did not think are going to be getting Talos Principle Two, a game with the first one I've considered as maybe one of my top twenty games, but I have to replay it. Uh, but I'm not like dying to play a second one. It's not the kind of game where I felt like it needed a sequel, but it'll be cool. Glad that was here. But Metal Gear Solid uh, Delta, also very cool. We haven't touched on that. I just want to know who's making it. That's the big thing. Like, who is making this Konami game? Konami and, and, and something with Virtuous. Well, they, yeah, that and the, oh. just a in, the quote unquote internal Konami team. It's no one that's publicly known. Um, like, where did this news break? I'd never heard of this. An interview that they gave. Yes. Ah. And uh, w- th- there are a couple things like that to point to. So let's touch those quick before we get into Summer Games Fest and Xbox. Uh, I felt things when I heard them play Snake Eater. I'm not convinced this is going to be a successful remake. Me neither. I want I it, it to be. Uh, and and even without Kojima involved, I want it to be a successful remake. But, I mean, they got to prove it to me first. Uh, I, I don't know what Konami is capable of these days, and I, d- I don't know who the fuck Virtuous is. So why should I trust them to uh, shepherd a successful remake of one of my favorite game series ever? Also, the whole Metal Gear Collection Volume 1 coming on paper, great. I'm not playing Metal Gear Solid 1. I'm not doing it. I know that it makes I, me I think I'm going to. I, I think like, I have to, actually. 
I can't. If it were twin snakes, I would do it. I know that there's a lot of people who are like clutching their pearls, going like, "It's a classic. How dare you? I have standards. Okay, I can't look at that fucking thing. I can't play that. I don't don't care. I know that it was amazing when it came out. Put Metal Gear Solid One in its original form next to fucking Phantom Pain. I can't play it. I can't do it. Two and three, I can and will be playing later this year. If or if not later this year, at some point next year, I'm going to play those games. One, I can't do it. I'll do twin stakes, but not one proper. But the DARPA chief. Hey, Peter, think of the DARPA chief. The gen- the real DARPA chief. Not twin snakes phony DARPA chief. No, I'm thinking of... It's, I'm thinking of Deep Throat. That's whose voice changes. Wait. Is it the DARPA who, chief? or is it- who Who's Deep Throat in Metal Gear Solid? I don't remember. I, I only um, remember Deep Throat as that's that's the informant for Watergate. In, no, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, Deep Throat is the like someone who's helping Snake throughout the game, just like with the on the codec. But then it turns out that it was Gray Fox the whole time. Oh, spoilers for Metal Gear Solid One. Wow, oh, sorry guys, I I will see my way out now. I've broken my own spoiler rules here. Merle, if we, I'm just seeing. I've been doing better about checking my phone, but I did just look real quick. Did you guys see that Xbox, the tweet Xbox put out that is seemingly hinting at Fable? Oh. Uh, I saw something about, like, a controller. Um, this, it's this a is video the that now. they released. It's a video that they released of a bunch of glitter on a controller, and then the glitter leads like a path and the path goes to a monitor that has Xbox game showcase in it. And the music is very fably and everyone's like, Oh, this is a confirmation. Fable's going to be there. And now, uh, 10 minutes ago, Jeff Grubb tweeted a picture of a person stepping on a, uh, their sideshow bobbing themselves. I can't think of it. Oh, the rake, the rake, a person stepping on a rake. Okay. And he tweeted that in response to, the Xbox video. So I don't know if that's confirmation that Fable won't be there, but it's the kind of it's this the kind of Xbox energy that we're gonna be talking about. Um what it's like if you run like an Xbox account and then every time you tweet something, like it is your job to run social media and fucking Jeff Grubbs is in the comment and he maybe knows something that even you an Xbox employee does not know. <laughs> um and and you know what? That's that's not shocking because uh, personal story here just to illustrate how you kind of know nothing when when you're in the building you're in I I had a period of working for uh, the Buffalo Bills and there was a whole thing of a, a game might get moved for weather and this was pretty early on with me working there someone who I thought was fairly prominent like came into where I was working I heard him say like oh there's no way no way it happens. Uh, uh, no one's even really thinking about it. So I thought like, oh, cool. I got like the inside scoop. And then like literally two hours later, the exact opposite was announced. So it's like it, when you're in these companies and these buildings, odds are you probably don't know what's going on unless you're like an actual developer on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, someone on the social on media team. Studio. Someone on the social media team very well could have the wrong information Mm -hmm. i i would imagine it depends on how big the studio is something like xbox being so massive 
and owning so many different studios like that just not in your building i think you're definitely someone who doesn't know everything so like in this scenario it is very funny <laughs> they just yeah, you keep this person sees jeff grabs all the time and like oh there he is what does he know maybe dming a co-worker is like here he is again <laughs> what does he know <laughs> Uh, Should we officially move into Xbox and Summer Games Fest talk? Just, just um, one more thing to say. I have, anyway. There is no way that David Hayter is back for Metal Gear Solid Delta. They said earlier, they confirmed earlier today that they're just reusing the voices of the original. Oh. Uh, okay, now, while that's, I guess that's better than not having David Hayter, but that's also a sign to me of like, this remake isn't going to be good enough. It's just not going to be good enough. It's going to feel good, like yeah. a, a cheap reskin of it. I mean, there's uh, been pictures released, and it looks like modern gen. It looks like this gen Metal Gear 3. Like, I just really would... Like, it's got me dreaming of what could possibly... I was, like, speculating with a buddy of mine. Just, like, what could modern-day standards of the end fight look like? Instead of being, like, this small sniper arena, like... How how cool could that fight really be if you're trying to hunt down this guy who's constantly moving? Would they, like, double down on Kojima's original philosophy of, like, making this fight immensely tedious? Because I think I would be down for that in a new version of Metal Gear Solid 3. If you could, like, fully realize some of the sequences that were in the original game, that sounds really neat. But if it really is just going to be the prettiest version, one-to-one, -one of that game, like, that's not a bad game by any means but like i i would maybe like like the re2 re4 treatment is what i would maybe want to see yeah that that's also that's also what i would want to see i i am generally not as hot on the one-to-one -one remake i kind of think mm -hmm. i would just prefer like a nice remaster if you're going to do a one-to-one -one situation. If you're calling it a remake, I want some liberties to be taken. I, wa I want there to be at least some experimenting with with the subject matter. Um, mm -hmm. Or the source material, I should say. Uh, and and I think the, the Resident Evil remakes have been great for that. Uh, does it frustrate me when people say like, oh, well... Uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake is is just the best way of playing Resident Evil 2. That does frustrate me because they're like pretty much entirely different games. Um, but at the same time, uh, I I think these remakes are the perfect example of what what I want to see from those projects. Mm -hmm. Okay, Summer Games Fest Xbox. Let's get into it. Let's just start with Summer Games Fest because I feel like we don't really have a lot to say. My main thoughts going into it are the Game Awards were pretty good. I don't see any way Keeley goes two for two right in a row. I've always said and will continue to defend the Game Awards. I think it's great. Summer Games Fest last year was so bad that I said, I don't understand the point of Summer Games Fest. I don't understand what it is. I don't feel like anyone has probably explained it to me, and I don't know why we need it. All the Nearly a year later, 
I want to say. I don't think it should exist. I don't understand what it is. I don't see the point that I still have. The, it's been another year. We're entering another window, and he's. I still don't get it. Like, have you heard how long it's going to be this year? I'm going to guess 90 minutes. It's two hours. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. Exactly. If someone, no. <laughs> if someone said a two-hour Nintendo Direct, you would go, what? They could do it. I wouldn't want a two-hour Nintendo Direct, to be fair. But if you were to hear a, a two-hour Nintendo Direct, you'd go, like, there something. Would be, there would be some excitement to that. Yes. Exactly. It would be a lot of, like, cautious, like, I don't know, but there'd be, like, but can you imagine a two-hour Healy show? Look at how you two instantly reacted. Yeah, that no, kinda tells it's, it's bad. And, and we've watched, we've watched some two-hour Keeley shows. And they're terrible. <laughs> they're fucking, and then it's filled with so many ads, and he's like, well, I need the ads to pay for the show. It's like, but Keeley, if the show is shit, why are you running the ads to create this shitty show? Like, it's just, Nothing but love for Game Awards. Nothing but visceral, physical contempt for Summer Games Fest. Kill it in its crib. It doesn't need. It doesn't need to happen. It shouldn't exist. And so, the thing that I think makes the Game Awards more successful is that we, at least I think, as gamers, a lot of us are there for the combination it's like i want to see what wins game of the year and some of the acting categories and stuff like that and i hope they show me cool games along with it so you you have the the two sides of it and if both of them run relatively well then it was a positive show so summer games fest is all reveals now, on paper, we like reveals, but what we were just talking about was how in order for a good PlayStation show to exist, you need good PlayStation games. Summer Games Fest, that's not a game developer. It's just a place for trailers to exist. So to be successful, I guess it would need to do a few different things. Maybe... A gameplay showcase of the type of game that we didn't know that we wanted. I feel like that would be a good thing. I feel like that doesn't happen at Summer Games Fest. Okay, so then you go uh, a reveal of a new entry in a beloved franchise. What was the one that was revealed oh. last year? Where where it was it was like literally like an arcade like eighties franchise that they revealed the second one for and the trailer like looked like we were viewing it like through through a fish tank. Does this ring any bells this, for you? I remember this happening. I couldn't for the, I mean, even like when it revealed the day after, I couldn't have told you what the name of that game was. To your point, like yeah, like that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like the perfect type of get for a summer games fest. Even though this type of thing has shown up at the console shows, is uh is like a Hollow Knight Silk song. That's the perfect type of thing to get. 
sequel to a game that a lot of people really love and you get a look at it here i don't i don't feel like they ever get that instead jeff uh, Jeff was recently asked in an interview how many big announcements do you think you have you know and he's like oh you know we're usually proud of everything we show but i think we definitely have three maybe four big announcements two hours with three to four big announcements why the fuck am i watching two hours with three to four big announcements and and like the most successful summer games test moment was was the elden ring gameplay trailer um have been anywhere that's not like it could have have been anywhere but it's a big for that show to get that but in order for summer games fest to work it needs like 10 of those maybe 10 is too strong but yeah you know what i'm saying like if it's going to be the third party show you gotta come swinging with with some games that people want to see. You hear this dead air? I do. This is going to be us watching the Game Awards. Summer Games Fest. I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean I didn't mean Summer Games Fest. I'm sorry. Game Awards are great. Except for when people who win an award are talking for too long and I think about it in a cold sweat still at night to this day. So long that it can make you question what you even thought about that actor in the first place. (laughs) Seems like a great human being, great performance. I can't, the anxiety the three of us are feeling in the moment. Oh my God, I had had to like, I could feel my skin just like coming off me. It was so horrible. That's, there's no predictions for Summer Games Fest. Like, I'm sorry. Like there's, Nothing. It's going to be a bunch of ads, Nintendo ads for Tears of the Kingdom and maybe Pikmin. It's going to be a bunch of, like, energy drinks you probably shouldn't drink if you're under the age of 30. I mean, over the age of 30. Uh, It's going to be a bunch of, what's the CCP American company that we're totally not supposed to talk about? And, you know, oh, it's a great program they have for gaming. Level Infinite. We're going to see a bunch of Level Infinite ads, and it's like, aren't they great? And... We're just not gonna all at all acknowledge that they're a Chinese conglomerate, but you know what? Or like a Chinese company, maybe a conglomerate's the wrong word, but and it's just gonna be like, here's this team from, here's this a game from this four man team from Helsinki, Finland. Uh, check out Coral's Quest right now, and it's just forty five minute pixelated like shooty side scroll that has like twenty twenty five. He's like, well, that's Kuro's Quest. Hope you enjoyed it. Now joining us are the developers from Kuro's Quest. And they don't really speak very good English. And while I so respect the fact that they would do a public interview with very not good English, you're still going to be sitting there as a viewer like, why are we here? Why are we listening to this? Well, and and also, regardless of the strength of their English, not, none of these developers that ever come on ever say anything. Do we recall when deviation came on to reveal i do now because i look back and then i go (laughs) um i mean those moments are are pointless they're they're purely pointless if if they They nothing if they like recorded a bunch of things like pre-recorded a bunch of things with developers and they actually genuinely picked out like some interesting sound bites that they said about a game, then I could I could maybe be there, but I've 
I've definitely not heard anything interesting about a game in these forced interviews. Kaylee could be directly looking into the camera. Kaylee could directly be looking into the camera and just eat an entire apple in that entire time frame that he would be interviewing two devs who don't want to be there. And I would walk away with just as much feeling and satisfaction. If not more, because it'd be like, wow, what a ballsy choice for a game show just to do that. But just every Every single time the developer speaks, he just takes a big bite. (laughs) (laughs) He's chewing into his mic really loud. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, that's going to be Summer Games Fest, and you're going to have a bunch of people go, it was a fine show. It was a fine show. You know, it's just Jeff. You know, he brings the show. You know, he brings the hype. You know, uh, Uh, we wouldn't be this. We all love Jeff. I mean, we all love Jeff. Jeff. I named my firstborn after him. He's the godfather of all my children. Well, again, I, I, I feel like you don't like Jeff Keighley. I still like Jeff Keighley. You know, I remember going to bed in our bunk bed, Mark, falling asleep to the God of War 3 uh, episode of G4 on Spike TV when he was having them do, like, a bunch of games while answering trivia, and they were all dressed as Kratos and God of War characters. Uh-huh. Uh, See you. Do you remember this? I remember this. I don't remember actually watching it, but I remember that being on. I remember point. falling asleep to it one night. I remember <laughs> when one scoop was gonna be like, "Here's a new map for Halo Reach," and we were both like, "Wow, G4 TV was fucking great, and the Game Awards great." It's just this one blemish for him, like Jeff, baby, please stop this. You're so good without it. There, like, uh, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Mark, but I, I'll just quickly say. Game Awards made me feel a little softer towards Jeff. And I always need to make it clear. Like, I, I don't actually hate Jeff Keighley, the person. It, it's more just a... He's lying. No, I always hear the, the games podcasters. They always say it after something like Summer Games Fest. It's like, now we love Jeff. Jeff like is gonna, great. Like a, Jeff it's going to be put on them if they don't. And, and it's always just been like... I've always just questioned, like, well, why do we love Jeff? Like, that show just sucked. <laughs> um, and uh, Summer Games Fest never gives me that answer as to why we love Jeff. Uh, like, maybe this year will be here. My reason for still saying that, despite everything we say, despite even last year, my biggest takeaways from last year's Summer Games Fest is that every game looked like Carist- half of the games looked like Callisto Protocol, Space Shooters. And then I remember the last of us showed up, and that's it. Well, that's all factions. I remember, so remember, it leaked. No, it was the last it was of us part one. remake, oh, and it right. leaked beforehand. And Keeley was like visibly upset on Twitter. And again, I swear, again, I know it was our joke last year, but he calls PlayStation to be like, "You leaked my one more thing." Druckmann is fucking on stage, and I'm going to ask him what he's working on. That's how you make up for it. And they're like, "All right, fine. Here's some concept art of a game we're not putting out." Mm-hmm. Literally a game that maybe at that time he might have understood wasn't going so hot. Who knows well, when like the timeline of the Jason Trier report went out. But this year, I think, I try to think to myself, or, or no, that's not the question I want to answer. Is like, why why do we still love Jeff when he's doing this? It's because he's keeping the lights on for this season, right? E3 is dead. Like, everyone had talked about, like, uh... Is it time? Is E3 dying? But now, like, anyone could realistically say the phrase, remember E3, and, like, it's that's just a real sentiment. Remember E3. It's just not here anymore. It's, it was a time. It is it is long gone at this point. Uh, so he's, he's still trying to do what he can to keep the lights on, even though we still get PlayStation Showcase and Xbox Showcase and maybe a Nintendo Direct. I don't think we got a Nintendo Direct last year, right? In the summer? No, we didn't. No. 
the year before that we might not have eaten. No. No, the year before that they announced the... Advance Wars. I remember because I got yeah. out of my chair and yelled at Advance Wars. I was going to say that was Kazuya and Advance Wars. And that was the first Tears of the Kingdom trailer they ended on, right? Yes. I believe. Or not like the first first, but like gameplay. The first time we saw that. Um... I wonder if we'll see Nintendo again this year, but that's no, that's not they, here nor there. I don't know. Pikmin 4. When's the last time we saw a trailer for that? You're going to get a Pikmin 4 Direct in mid-June. That's all okay. you're going to get. Maybe we will. I just really want at least one game. I will you right now that that's all you get. I don't know. I'm not confident because Pikmin 4 is also going to sit up there with the open critic scores of Street Fighter 6 and Tears, Tears of, of the, the Kingdom, Kingdom and Diablo 4 and you guys are all going to say man Mark we're real sorry for talking down your team Unbeatable is going to be a great game when it comes out I uh, oh, go on. I want to express some sadness before we get into Xbox here of... this is our most upbeat episode we might have ever done maybe I, I would never call this a positive podcast. I don't think any listeners would either. The most positive I was was talking about Lucid being purchased and you all <laughs> beat me into the fucking earth over it. Um, but Mark, you, you talk about Jeff as this person who is like at least keeping the lights on for the E3 mm-hmm. season. True. I would name my dog after Jeff Keeley if I had a new dog. Is that a compliment? I don't know. I think it'd be a fun. But, but I don't, if, I don't, okay, never mind. Go I, on. What are you saying? <laughs> I would want you to name that dog Jeff Keeley. Like, like that. I feel like it would have to be Jeff Keeley or Keeley. Like those I are the two no, options. I would name it, no, I could no, name because because Keeley is a fine dog name. Uh, I just I I just find it infinitely funnier if its full name was Oh Jeff Keeley. <laughs> hey Jeff Keeley, come here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just baby dog voice, Jeff Kiwi. Hey, Jeff Kiwi. <laughs> Someone on the streets just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, as I was saying, uh, he he's here to sort of keep the lights on, but I mean, none of us would say that that this is anywhere near as good as E3 season was. I don't think that's rose-tinted glasses. I think it was mm-hmm. objectively better back when I th- everyone actually participated in, the, in E3. Absolutely. But I every time the Summer Games just comes around, I know we can't, I can't blame Jeff Keighley. Like, it is not his fault. I can't blame is... him either. No, but he can't stop pissing on its ashes every chance he gets while he, he acts like he, he's the, he has the hot shit when he does it. The the forest has moved, and he's trying to build homes out of the twigs that are left of this new industry where people are announcing games where and whenever they want. Whether it's a tweet, they do a showcase in April or May, wherever it is, and he's just like, "All right, who who actually wants to reveal something here?" And well, like whenever he shits on E three, and he'll be like, "Everyone, come to Summer Games Fest. It's the new thing in town." I have like the Harry Potter moments flashback in my head of like, "How dare you stand where he stood." Like, how dare you act like anything you've done in the summer can come even close to E3? Because it can't. It can't. And you know what? I mean, at Summer Games Fest, we'll never be E3. We'll never, never be. And some never. could say, oh, he'll never, he doesn't want it to be E3. Great, then it won't succeed long term. The, there, I see literally zero scenario where it's ever as good. Um, and I think an even sadder thing about this is that, like, I, I think there was a... a 
for some of us might have been a small part, some of us a big part, of wanting to do a gaming podcast was because prediction episodes were fun. And we are going into this quote-unquote E3 season, and all of us before the episode started were all just like, yeah, we, we've we got nothing. Like, wh- what the fuck are they going to show us? Like, we're... A lot of that is out of control of the E3 season itself. It's it's the fact that we're not excited about Xbox. We're not excited about Summer Games Fest. And we were just disappointed by Sony. So, a what lot of things... What about Ubisoft Forward, everyone? No. No. I am going to watch it, though, because I do miss Wait. watching Ubisoft press conferences. Just being oh. like, man, I don't want to play any of this, but I like <laughs> seeing what they're doing. <laughs> watch it but it's just like again as much as we're about to talk about xbox and how you know discipline them does anyone else feel like ubisoft is just crumbling just crumbling before our eyes oh yeah i mean ever since the stuff with the gamont family they talked about wanting to get purchased but nobody no one will buy them um i'm gonna be like hey that's a nice assassin's creed and just dance you got right there can i have it and they're like no you gotta you gotta buy roller champions or whatever it's called. It's the roller, I don't remember what it was called. You also gotta get freaking uh, oh, Tom Clancy. You could like if Ubisoft has like twenty thousand people who work for them. That's not an exaggeration. Around the around twenty thousand people work for them. They want to be purchased. I'm sorry to the people who would be laid off. And again, I'm not even advocating for them to do it. But if they want to get purchased, like you have to, they have to minimize so significantly for them to be a worthwhile investment because anyone would be insane to buy them right now if they are i desperately wanted to accuse ubisoft of making uh foam stars but uh that's square enix so, it, i can't believe another... it is honestly like i really liked the analogy i heard on kind of funny where it's like square enix has some sort of ritual where every year they have to sacrifice a game to like shitty game gods and they're just getting ahead of it that's next year. <laughs> we had Forspoken this year. We had the one Platinum game last year. I forget what it was. Quiet Man when that came out. Plenty more from before. And that that is what it is destined to be. And I like that way. But, but luckily, I, Ubisoft has escaped the, the Foam Stars allegations. They're free. And now they're going to show us something else that we might as well say, like, okay, that sits right there with it. Or maybe even two games that sit right there with it with no shame. Because that's just how they do. Here's the division on MetaQuest 2. And we're like, oh my god. Uh, I think they're going to show off the Avatar game, which if recent reports are true, Mark, I'm not sure if you heard this. I did not. Tell me. First person shooter. What? You cut out what what kind of game? First person shooter. For no, for what genre you cut out for me? For, For Avatar. Oh, Oh my god. <laughs> what the but, what am I, I gonna be shooting? There is there is like alleged alleged leaked footage that that was a first person shooter gameplay. Uh not not what I would have picked for that game. Imagine it's fucking, this. it's a movie series about nature and protecting it and fun it's anti military. It's an anti military franchise. I'd be like you're gonna play with guns, you go 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 go, and boom! Imagine that we see the trailer and the whole gameplay. You're not even playing as a Navi. You're just playing as a guy with a gun. That's what I think would, we're gonna get. Would now. you be shocked? I wouldn't be. 
like I wouldn't I wouldn't it's I wouldn't like a be. Captain Planet movie that starts with him causing the BP oil spill in 2010. Like what I, are we doing? I wouldn't be shocked because Ubisoft is the team putting that together. I would be shocked because James Cameron apparently has been relatively involved in shooting down a lot of ideas because he doesn't want them like messing up this world he's put 10 years into only now to start really pumping the movies out here i know uh, we always say the playstation does like the over the person like over the shoulder third person action adventure game too much but like come the fuck on that's what this is that's avatar i really should be um I I don't really have any other takes on Ubisoft. I, no, I, in fact, I actually God didn't. help him because someone needs to. I, di- I didn't expect us to actually touch on this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was crazy that they showed Assassin's Creed and Mirage, which we'll see more Why? later on. Why but did they, they showed do that? It at the showcase. I'm just like, okay, even Ubisoft understands nobody wants to watch their showcase, so they're going to show <laughs> it here. Well, I, I actually I did have one point I wanted to make on Ubisoft that you just reminded me of. I, I don't know how much you guys ever played the board game Risk. But I I never did because anyone I I'd, I'd always be like oh cool I want to play Risk and then someone say you're too competitive I don't want to play this game with you and I'd be like why I don't understand I don't even know how to play the game yet to this day no one has played Risk with me wow that's disappointing but uh, sometimes no one really cared about that Mark I cared <laughs> no, no go I, on I, I cared enough about it sometimes though in Risk you'll get kind of screwed over and you'll find yourself in a corner. So you just start putting all of your soldiers in one territory, and you just kind of hope, like, if I have 30 guys here, I can win the dice rolls to get myself out of this situation. And there's been recent reports of they're just basically, like, consolidating everyone to work on Assassin's Creed. Like, over a thousand developers on Assassin's Creed. And... That just sounds like a game of risk to me. It's like they know they have one corner store, uh, cornerstone that's going to hold them down. And uh, that's what they got to protect. I think Mirage looks fine. Um, I just... I'm actually not sure if Assassin's Creed could ever come back. It is a series that many people have liked or even loved at many different times but i think it could legitimately go away for 20 years and if it came back we might all be thinking like oh it just kind of looks like another assassin's creed game and we have a lot of those <laughs> no matter how much time passes i'm like oh shit they're not so good to assassin's creed it's been so long Oh, it just looks like I, another I just, one. <laughs> I just think they went beyond the saturation point. Like there, there mm-hmm. is no making Assassin's Creed exciting anymore. I don't think I mean, it's possible. If they on... ever like, here's a brand new game and it's another Ezio story, I'd be like, <laughs> no. Honestly, don't even put that idea in their head because if they fucking nostalgia bait people with Ezio, they'll be so annoying. I would love it. I know, but like, uh, oink oink, give me my filth. Oink oink. Okay, fair enough. Um, we actually need to talk about Xbox. Uh, oh, great! We've been delaying it. We should be excited to do this. We should be jumping at the chance like we were last time. Uh, so, hey, okay, hey, so, I'm excited to see what's coming to Game Pass personally. So, guys. what we'll definitely see, uh, I we'll see Forza. 
we'll see now i imagine it, it'll be a light trailer for starfield and then and then right after it they're doing the full starfield direct um so oh, so the fact that xbox has just taken the direct moniker come on i actually i i like it because i just I think know. it's like perfect terminology Yet again, Nintendo setting a standard that everyone Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't deny that. But uh, I just think it works. Um, do we think we see Fable? I don't know. Now everyone's saying it's confirmed that it's going to be there because of a fucking Twitter video. And if it doesn't, it's going to be Xbox just punching themselves in the face again. I think it's, we'll see it. I It is hard for me to be confident that anything that Xbox has ever announced in the past, like, 10 years will realistically be show good. up at events. Not that'd be good, just actually, like, be there because they've fired the blunderbuss over the years of just, like, here's just a bunch of things we've announced. And sometimes they just happen, but a lot of them are just sitting in the background. So this, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them are just, you know... They're, they exist in your imagination. And that's where it's like. It's like, I feel like something like Perfect Dark, something like Fable, all these things have just as much of a possibility. Like, even Avowed is a bit different. That's just not going to be here. That's That's been really struggling. Uh, Wildermyth was, is something I'd love to see, finally. Like, we got the one... I you think mean, we've only ever got. You mean Everwild? Uh, he means Everwild. That's what I meant. I, Wildermyth is a different game. You're right. Everwild, the rare game. Uh, well, I'd like. There to is see a that better as... chance of Soda Pop coming back to life than seeing Everwild, and Please. I firmly believe this. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna. Rare's got to be working on something, and they really care about it. They have xbox money to do all the testing and play testing to find the fun in that game and find its spirit and i think it's time to... well, with that article they were good at for years and they're like yeah we just after all these years we just didn't really know what kind of game it was gonna be it's like you fucking worked in it for how many years and you didn't you didn't know what you were making that they it sounds like they like literally got paid to like make concept shoot the out. shit like, like, I mean, like they got to draw some cool things. It's like, but but we're developing a game here, guys. Like you gotta kind of have some priorities. Like it's one thing where a studio is like, okay, we're in pre-production. We really don't know the full identity of our game is. But like a studio say like Arcane, it's like, okay, we don't know what our game is, but like we make immersive sims. And I guess for Rare, it's like, what is modern Rare? It's like, oh, what do we do? We have Sea of Thieves. I guess you could say, what do we do? Oh, we make fun multiplayer social games. It's like, if that is your starting point, I guess it's like, well, that's... There really isn't much more to that than what, like, what genre you even are. But I feel like you pick that first, you know? I feel like that's what you would want to pick. I, I would imagine it's some kind of survival crafting game and that would be cool i wouldn't i would go for a cool new survival you crafting just game. got one of those it's called grounded and it's cool but i want another one i want nightingale i would love to see that's not that's more of a summer games fest kind of reveal that thing's been coasting on keely events for a while now but could xbox snag it to just say hey it's it's here too and day one on game pass i think the ideal for everwild and i doubt they're gonna do this is 
beautiful naturey rust of like oh no have some is that a bad is that a bad comparison i'm i'm saying I'm, like not have not bad this necessarily existing world that you can build things within you can build your own structures you can meet up with friends and stuff and it will just kind of all exist in the world i'm not i'm not sure if they want to give their players the opportunity to burn down your shit or whatever that's um, that's the, that's a big part of it like to make a game like to for rare to make a game like rust where i feel like sea of thieves is way more casual anyone can just kind of like hop in do a voyage and you're done which at the game's detriment i don't think is the most fun but can be fun you know you just hop it in every now and then but something like rust is like they're the people who live on rust and on all these servers out there like if you just want to play a little bit you live in their world uh one you know, of my like... favorite things from rust was someone found like a random hut that just said like I work a full-time job. Please just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to leave your house. Like, hey, come on, guys. Just be, be fully transparent. I'd seen stuff in Rust where someone makes like a fake house. Like the door is open and like there's like stuff in there. And they're just trying to lure people in to like, like, like newer players, like come into the house and make it their own. But little do they know this house is themed by the movie Parasite, where the creator of this little house is actually living in the basement underneath this person. That is, and is like so slowly cool. mooching off of them. That is so cool. It is hilarious. Until like the one time they just eventually decide to just break the floor underneath them, and they're like, "Boom! I've been here the whole time. <laughs> this that, is actually my base." That is such a moment of like games can be really cool because that is so yeah. funny. And I can't believe that like people could actually pull that off. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Rare would want to do something like that because the people who are going to be like way into the end game are going to be way too intimidating for any of the, the newer players. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a Sea of Thieves trailer. No, um, not again. Here's a, here's some purple pirates you can get in a new island where you fight. Blue skeletons. skeletons. No, they're blue this time. Shut up. The blue skeletons. Out today. Oh my god, Xbox. They've done it again. Day one drop. Maybe they'll announce that Octopath Travel 2 is coming to Xbox. Unless if it's already on Xbox and I don't didn't realize that. I know it's on PlayStation and Switch. No, no, it's not coming to Xbox. You don't think so? They will Square, announce that they have Square, doxxed the CMA members who have denied the deal. Square hasn't released uh, a game on Xbox in, I think, over a year at this point. They really? No, but with the FL, it was the Final Fantasy PSP game, Zack remake. What's it called, Mark? Crisis uh, Core. Ever, that, that ever, was, oh, not Cry- yeah. it, it, The original game was called Crisis Core, but I believe this one is just called Rebirth ever crisis i I could be wrong Uh, it was the crisis core remake that's what it is the crisis core remake is what it is yes um (laughs) but uh yeah i think that was the last game and the the last one within a long period of time uh it just seems like square has completely decided that it's not worth it to release games on xbox which is kind of a bummer, but I can't complain. I I was never one to buy a Square Enix game on Xbox, ever. So, oh well. 
Yeah. Um. What what else do we got? What's is there another like surefire thing? Do we hear anything from Halo Infinite? Anything no. going on there? I would love to see what's going on in Halo, but I don't think we hear anything. From I, there. I actually I played it like two weeks ago. Still a fun game. Still is fun. If only they did something with it. I I still we should because I know we've done this before. In the past month, we got together for a Halo night. We should. We should do that again, but like do cool Halo Infinite Forge maps. Like see what is out there. People I, I are making down. stuff. I am down. Peter, are you down? For what? I said a night we get everyone together. We just have a night where we're playing Halo Infinite Forge maps that are out there. Sure. Okay, get the planner that you just well, signed on to, to this. Get, I have to get game pass again. I have to pay commitment. Uh, no, multiplayer is free. Oh my god. So yeah, Peter, you're the planner. You got to do it. You said you would. Will we see anything Halo at this showcase? That's what we were just talking about, and we're saying probably not. Do you think we will? But like anything else, like I. Here's what you're gonna see. You're going to see a Halo item in another game. That's the most you'll see of Halo. You're I... gonna do the the Halo Three Warthog Run music again. It's gonna be like, oh, there's a Spartan costume you can wear and grounded. They all have to be like, who is actually getting excited for this? I see. If they were like in Sea of Thieves, you you can now have your boat look like the elephant from Halo Three. I'd say okay. That's and it's cool. not even like a boat these, shaped, it's just the elephant. These are the most like cynical, brain dead predictions we've ever come up with. What <laughs> do you want from no, us? No, I mean, I, no, I'm no, not, no, no, no. In spite of like the show, like that's what he's saying. Okay. I, I'm saying that like well, this this isn't because we're cynical people, even though generally This is what we they've are. done. This is what they've done to us. Like I'm I'm expecting like an out of like like an unexpected like third party reveal of like oh this game's coming to Xbox and it will later then sixty two on Metacritic not even that like oh this game's coming to Xbox I can't wait till after the showcase they announce me that I can go play this on PlayStation also like those those are the biggest reveals I think from an Xbox showcase is like this third party we got them to show up for our showcase but. You, you can't you don't just play this on xbox you can go play it anywhere else and it's like oh cool i'll go do that and that'll either be some third party thing or a cool indie i'd love to see an indie darling or two for the year we haven't really had a standout indie i think it should have been benedict fox god damn it i know it wasn't you know what you know what i hope it is i hope it is the not Oberdin. it's Kirk, gonna be plucky squire I it's gonna be plucky squire Probably will. I was a little disappointed that showed up at the showcase because, like I was saying before, with games I was going to counterpick that maybe weren't going to make it this year, I really thought Plucky Squire was going to be the one that didn't. And now it uh, is. That that being said, I don't know if I'll play Plucky Squire, but I'm impressed by it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, is, it looks pretty good. It looks very pretty. It's a very neat looking game. I like games that kind of like jump between different themes and do it well, where it is like the, the storybook and then out of storybook experience for it. Uh, I probably won't hop on it. So many Unless... people have said that this showcase has is the fi- is their last chance, you know, to really blow people away, or else people are gonna lose faith. Can I admit finally that I have already lost the faith? There's nothing more for me to lose. Mm-hmm. It's already gone. Yeah, like uh, I-, I think all of us have. Like in my mind, how I look at Xbox, I don't look at it like PS3, 360 generation anymore. 
like it, it is almost like how people may look at uh may have looked at like the dreamcast to the playstation one that is what the xbox brand is to me except it is the dreamcast where they aren't doing like experimental games and they also have microsoft money to keep them alive and then, that is what they are. It's like, oh, maybe they'll do something cool over here. But it's like they, they are they just don't feel like a mainstay player right now, but just somewhat like someone with a lot of money who can just invest cool stuff in games. And I'll I'll be there to see what they're gonna do with that money. And you have a lot of people in the Xbox community just go like guys, but think about the three sixty years, you know, think about how great those were. The people who are like, Hey, remember the three sixty are like the forty year olds who still gloat about their high school football career. Like it is so long ago, yeah, it was great, but it doesn't matter now or really show anything about your current character, so stop talking about it all the time. And, like, the fans can talk about it and, like, oh, those were good times. And anyone's like, but that Xbox can come back. Like, no, it can't. Or, no, uh, that's gone. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful to see that they put something together. They do have games cooking, and I would love to play them on Game Pass on PC. They've had uh, games but cooking for like that's the thing six years mm-hmm. they got a lot of stews on the burner right now and they're not burning they are cooking then they and will then they be gave served. me their first one last month and it was undercooked oh that was different they put it in was the it oven. different how is it tell me how it was different it was a stew they put it in the oven it's not where you put those it and they charged you 70 dollars for it unless if you have game pass <laughs> But they did charge seventy dollars for it. That it is still crazy that that is the first seventy dollar game. That was their first. That was their first seventy dollar. Like, it really is easy to kind of look past it and just be like, oh, well, you you can just get it on Game Pass. But it's like, no, this was the first seventy dollar Xbox game. Nintendo's was Tears of the Kingdom. Xbox should go back and go back to sixty dollar games and just be like, oh no, Redfall wasn't canon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like that's the first reveal. It is that they're pre- cutting the price of Redfall. To what if it's DLC? What, I, what if they announce Redfall DLC? No, they they know better than to not do that. Arcane, if they had DLC cooking for this game, they would understand that is not a priority right now. Kill we have it. This priority is anti-make it. Delete everything you've already made. Announce. Their first announcement should be like, Redfall is being removed from Game Pass, effective immediately. You're welcome, everyone. Sorry we tried. Imagine we just see an Arcane logo and a new game. It's just like, it's just just a logo reveal, just getting past it already. I mean, if they announced, like, Prey 2, I'd be like, oh, okay. Shit. I, I don't think that'll be happening. Oh, I don't, I don't think, think so either. either. That would be that would be a thing that would get people excited. And we don't we don't do that at Xbox showcases anymore. The last game Look, I'm sorry, for people who are like really like, oh boy, Xbox predictions, like rubbing their hands together when they see the title, it's like we're sorry, but like, I how many times have we been burned? How many times? There has not been a good Xbox, a genuinely great Xbox showcase ever. What, what we've had, what we've had for about three years, I would say, is the constant feeling of like that was pretty good. We're still waiting for the big one, but that was 
I'm going to push good. back on that because go back and watch them now. Well, and uh, they're not. Now, the hindsight, that's a whole different factor here. Uh, but in... it's not. It's not a different factor because you can go back and watch old Nintendo Directs and PlayStation conferences and be like, man, still to this day, those are fucking great. Especially because most of the games of those Directs <sighs> and PlayStation showcases were marketing turned out to be great but, and but, came out. But... Most of those past ones, like, we haven't, maybe, maybe we've accidentally said this in the past, and we should have known better, but we haven't left any Xbox conference saying that was fucking great. We've we've left it saying that was pretty good. And I, I actually bet hindsight would would bear out to show us that, like, yeah, they had some games here and they had some misses or oh but we go still back haven't seen and one look of these. at so, no i'm so pushing back on you because go back and look at some of those like all of those xbox like again there's not a single good presentation like genuinely great xbox presentation there the entire xbox one era not a single one you can't find one yeah you're probably you're probably right there but i'm i'm i have the scope to about like the last three years I st- I remember saying last one like it wasn't very great, and I remember the one before that. I was very negative on it, and you guys gave me shit for it in the moment, and I was now right. Um, and then no 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 no, and then remember the first fucking Xbox series showcase was all those fucking third party games. Remember that? Well, that wasn't a full showcase, wasn't that like? Well, then the other one was Craig Halo Infinite, right? Yes, I believe I believe so, yes. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. If you are so again again, you're not like impassioned by it. Show if there is a good presentation Xbox, a great Xbox presentation over the last decade, show it to me and I will change my I mind. keep saying you, I keep saying I'm not using the word great. I'm not using Then that shouldn't that be a bigger deal, the fact then that there hasn't been a great Xbox showcase in a decade? Yes. Yes, it absolutely should be. Like, holy shit. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, for about three years, Xbox has been pretty good at putting together 7 out of 10s for showcases. But, I mean, uh, I I don't even think we've really crossed into an 8. Maybe we thought in the moment we were, we were at an 8 out of 10. I can promise you I haven't. I can't speak for you two, but I've never been like, oh my god, guys, it's finally happening. This is the one. I was so convinced last year's was actually gonna be it. I I remember I wore like an Xbox like branded shirt from an Xbox podcast and I was so pumped. You had like one of those hats with like a little spinner on it. You had a big lollipop you were like, yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. And it was so disappointing. Yep. I, I think the last time I really uh have a, a memorable the most memorable like Xbox showcases in recent memory which is a long time ago was when they revealed halo infinite and when they purchased uh double fine those are the last two stand out xbox shows to me i couldn't tell you what years they were but that was that was a while ago double right? fine was purchased in 2018 and that was my last wow moment from an xbox showcase January. yeah that was five years ago <laughs> and it was a was... studio purchase yeah, a studio that I fucking love, Psychonauts Two and Brew Legend, fantastic games. But it's again, it's just like that. 
something that's usually like a fucking PR statement as your last big announcement. Like, mm -hmm. again, just the people who are like, I'm so excited. Like, how? How are you still going to get You're seeing it with this upcoming showcase. People are like, I'm not letting my expectations be in check. I'm, uh, they're all over the place. They're like, sky is the limit. How can you physically build high expectations with what they've given you for a decade? A decade! I don't know. I don't know either. I have one question, though. Are we going to get a Todd Howard banger presentation. Oh my God. He's going to fucking remember. He, you were going to wake up that morning and be like, if I died today, I think I'd be all right with that. And then there's going to be a knock on your door and it's going to be, it's going to be Todd. And he's going to be in his leather jacket. He's going to put his hand on each other and like, don't worry. It gets better. And we're going to be like, you're right, Todd. It does. So uh, if they go, I remember last year, He's on stage, like, almost right away, and it's, like, kind of dramatic lighting and stuff. And it's not really a stage. It's, like, uh, it, it, I guess it was a stage, but it doesn't feel like a stage because there's no live audience or anything. Um, and it's more, like, it feels like pre-produced Todd Howard uh, teeing up the trailer. And then the trailer we were all disappointed by because it actually didn't show anything in the game. The Starfield trailer? I might be thinking of the first Starfield trailer. The one they showed last year, I thought was pretty good. I'm thinking, I'm thinking two years ago. Um, the thing that I want, and I don't know how they'll capture this energy, especially since they're gonna have it be like super highly produced thing, is I want there to be a large stage, and I want Todd Howard to be pacing back and forth on it. And I want to. You just want Fallout Four or circa twenty fifteen again. That's what you want. Well, yeah, because that reveal was awesome. One of the best game presentations I've ever seen. Yeah, no, and, and that that game came out to mixed reviews, but that reveal was objectively great to watch. Oh no, it wasn't twenty fifteen. When was when did Fallout Four come out? Uh, I don't know. The presentation was whatever night. Uh, Jon Snow. Yeah, it was the night <laughs> Jon Snow died, and then it was Bethesda, and then James and I got McDonald's, and he stayed the night. Because you guys used to stay the night during E3 weekends, and it was so fucking fun. Um, yeah, no, it, it got me completely out of my Jon Snow funk after watching that Fallout 4 thing. And they also, they revealed Fallout Shelter, which was such a delightful little mobile game for the time. And they also announced Doom 2016. Wow, that was a great conference holy crap the Bethesda's <laughs> first conference was great and then they never had another good one again but that first conference was like holy fuck um but yeah i i want i want to see todd pacing back and forth i want them to cut away from gameplay to show him doing the pacing i i want I, todd to be like how's your mom doing i'm like well she's doing great todd thanks for asking um and then they can uh, finish off the presentation by saying, and yes, it is only 30 FPS. All right. And it's like, oh, anyway, it's 30 FPS. All right, all right, bye. And I was like, wait, what did he say? Did he take 30 frames? And the stream's already over. Imagine they do announce that it's 60 FPS at this event. You're going to get a fucking email after the show. They're not saying <laughs> it during. 
You're going to get an email that's automatically marked as spam because they did that. And it's like, oh, you don't see it. I would love if Todd went into like full on sales mode. Um, and in like basically over explain it instead of saying like, oh, it's running at 30 FPS. And he's like, and unbelievably each second on this screen, there are actually 30 pictures right you, after this is going to run at 90 minus 60 frames per second <laughs> like make it sound wondrous yes that it, exactly. that it is possible that this could be running with 30 not simultaneous frames but frames that are so close together that they create a moving picture um Oh, he's done it again. He's a fucking <laughs> genius. Um, I'm excited for the Starfield reveal. I'm excited to see what they sure. do. Sure. I'll look forward to that. But again, like, I want to be excited. I'm not excited for the showcase. I'm going to watch it. I'm a lot more. I'm looking forward to it a lot more than the Summer Games Fest, which I feel. Summer Games Fest, I'm sorry. I feel nothing for. I feel, I feel dread for it. Yeah. I feel honest. negative. I feel no. I feel negative. You're right. I feel negatively towards Summer Games Fest. I feel neutral during the, the neutral leaning positive towards Xbox just because I've, you know, I had that ingrained into me so many times in my life, but I'm just not expecting greatness anymore because Xbox has taught me to not expect greatness. Uh, I I definitely feel neutral towards Summer Games Fest and maybe there'll be a cool thing there, but I am feeling still positive. About Xbox, because in my like frame of mind, from what I expect from them, they tend to like they can deliver at times. Which it is like I'm you not asking the a lot. Last time they did was five years ago like when that, it was that, a studio purchase. That, but that was that's not what I expect from them though. That's like the biggest wow I've gotten. Like oh my god, that's insane! I can't believe this. Oh my god, this looks incredible. But for me nowadays, I just expect show me a, a cool indie game or two, something I can play on Game Pass every now and then, and that's all I could ask for. You know, those are my expectations uh, there. Don't don't come in here and be low expectations, guy. Uh, only an Xbox. That's it. Um, Xbox, I have the low expectations. And if that one of their games they've had cooking on the burner shows up and it looks cool, great. That'll even, be cool. Uh, I, I do think even if you might literally be satisfied by seeing, like, the cute little game that you didn't think you were going to play, but you might play because it's on Game Pass. Even if that satisfies you, I do think you should hold them to the same standard as PlayStation of like that. They got to, they got to market their brand first and have mm -hmm. their games going. I mean, that's definitely like that is Xbox's job. That's what they have to do. But at the same time, uh, at the same time, I was going to say, I I'm happy that they let the developers work as much time as they need to to get these things out. But like, I just I really need to see one of these things come out. I don't think it you would, just it, did. It's called Redfall. That's different. <laughs> Redfall is not the standard here. It can't be. But we have nothing else to compare it to. That's the it's, problem. It sounds like that wasn't like a. Th this game was already in development before, like the acquisition and everything. And in the Phil Spencer Starfield, interview, not are we is start what if Starfield is subpar? Are we gonna be like, hey, don't worry, guys, it was being worked on before the acquisition. What could they do? Well, I mean, uh, Phil got in front of it and and said in that kind of funny interview that that they 
they felt like they didn't pay enough attention to Redfall, mm-hmm. but they have been for Starfield because it was actually much earlier on in development, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I was about to hop on that from the interview, uh, and that that's why I think the difference is. I think if maybe they were more involved, maybe things could have been different. Redfall had only been announced two years ago and slated for last year on top of it. So, like, they were trying to aim to get that game out. Starfield has always has been since what it was 2015 they announced starfield like this has been a long time coming 16 or 17 you're right i shouldn't follow for a year yeah mid mid 2010s you're right i shouldn't even interjection i'm sorry that game has been cooking for eight years so i'm sure it's going to be fine at that point or it's going to be it's going to be are you sure you want to say that i'm sure it's going to be fine well i mean to be I, it would be a massive disappointment if it's if it's not great. And I don't even mean that from a expectations on Xbox thing. It would be... When, when a studio like Bethesda Game Studios doesn't release a great game, it's, it's pretty dark. Because they, Bethesda mm-hmm. Game Studios are an event studio. Exactly. They are one of the few oh, studios yeah. where they release something that's like, all right, everyone, back off. Bethesda Games is coming out with a mainline RPG. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if they if it wasn't that great, and then they also now have on on top of Fallout seventy six drama that they had way back when, now a single player RPG following up that is also a shit show. Then yeah, that that changes like the narrative for Bethesda at this point. Bethesda is not who we know it anymore. But I I don't think it's going to be a Redfall by any means. I don't think it's going to be a Fallout seventy six. It's a very different can of worm. This is the kind of game they have made before the space stuff and how plans are going to work. Maybe it's not going to run very well. That's my big concern to this game. I'm, or maybe people are going to say this feels like a game from another generation. I think those are the worst things that people can say about it. But I know the modding community is probably going to have a lot of fun with this game. Here's, so as we're wrapping up, I don't know if or are we, maybe we're not wrapping uh, up. I, I, th- I think we're wrapping up. I think so too. My final question I would like to ask you so we can end on positivity. What is an announcement that Xbox could make that would genuinely get you really excited? Either an announcement or a gameplay demo, something. What is an announcement that can be made at the showcase that makes you go, I'm happy and positive with the Xbox platform again? I can I can go first. Okay. I don't have a specific like game I want announced or to see more of I want one of one of their games it could be fable it could be avowed it could be whatever compulsion is working on hell it it could be it could be state of decay for all I care because what I want to see is a three to five minute gameplay showcase that actually has the effect of being like I didn't know I wanted to play that game but now I do those are some of the more memorable E3 moments from over the years I always point to as Horizon, being the, Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn is the example of that we did not know that Horizon Zero Dawn was a game that we needed at all or that we would be interested in and they just led with gameplay, and it looked really cool. Can Xbox and, do that? 
with that being said, we've talked a lot of Horizon shit uh, over the time of the sure. podcast. Sure. Hey, but but that shit is not how it visually appears or or how the comics, or the gameplay. Yeah, the the gameplay is fun. Um, I I I think it's on a. I've said this to Peter before, and it's probably been said on the pod of like, I think Phil Spencer would murder a stranger in the street to have the Horizon series mm-hmm. under the Xbox brand. I mean, uh, it's. I think he'd kick one for even days gone for the love of God. Yeah, uh, it came out, so yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. So these these games that we consider, I guess we would say lower tier PlayStation games. Uh, I mean, Xbox doesn't have anything that competes on a quality standpoint. Um, so yeah, I I want to I want to be shown something that isn't it doesn't get the type of reaction of oh that could be interesting. It actually makes me think like that looks cool and I think I want to play it. Xbox Game Studios, like I want to be like that's fucking Xbox right there. Yes. Yes. Mark, what about you? Uh, anything like a, the cool next big project from Double Fine, I think, would be very cool. Whatever, no matter what it is. If Brutal Legend Two showed up, that would be. I mean, I'd lose pretty cool. Show. Yeah, I, I would be very, very excited for that. Also, um, but uh, of course, like I said before, if a cool indie showed up, maybe an Annapurna game. Would love to see that. Elder, what's the name of it? The the rare game, Elder. Uh, uh, no, he's uh, doing no, no. He not, does this. No, he's doing uh, this. We're watching who, him do this. He's gonna do it himself. He's gotta grow up. Who me? This you game. Know. This game. Oh, well, that I'm drowning. So I'm drowning then. For. Yeah, come on. No, what is I'm it? not. I'm not so excited for it. But like, I, the idea What's of what it could name? be. I want to call it the wrong name. I called it before. Say it. No, it's not the real name. So oh, you originally that. called it Wildermyth. It sounds yeah. like you want to call it Elder Myth now. I know it's Elder something, but my no. mind tells me Wildermyth. Mark, no. Elder is Bethesda. No, that's that's Elder. What's it called? I, I'm not excited uh, for it anymore, guys. I got bullied out of it. I it's hope ever wild. <laughs> I hope this game doesn't show up anymore. I hope don't worry, it won't. Ever wild. Um, ever wild. It would be cool if it shows up, and it is some really cool survival crafting game you can play with your friends. That would be neat. If they saw Valheim and said, ooh, let's do that, that would be the best case scenario for this game. Um, because more Valheim would be kind of neat. Other than those things, though, I don't really say... I can't really say I am holding out for anything. Uh, if they really want to do Persona 3 Remake and have that here because they, they like doing things with Sega and Atlas, sure why not because that definitely kind of as far as i can tell the leaks for that were kind of like no one was poking holes in this potential leak that kind of posted with the persona 3 remake i think it's kind of weird to announce it so quickly after the games were just ported over to modern consoles like last year but but they are just ports they are just ports and also, and most it, of the Persona 3 port was met with, like, massive disappointment. It was. It definitely was. I just think it's a weird decision to even port it in the first place if you're going to remake it. It, it just doesn't seem kind of nice. Except okay, there. Why did Square Enix 
port FF7 originals. They're just going to announce it. Well, it's actually... That, never mind. It's a different game. Because it's, it's a different game, yeah. yeah. But also, I, I mean, who, kn- who knows how the remake be. would be different. Uh, it's true. Definitely be different from Portable. I mean, maybe there's a reason why they chose to remake the OG Persona 3 versus the PSP version that had more content in it because they wanted to try to get people to double dip this way. I don't know. But that would be very cool to see there. Mostly just stuff that isn't necessarily Xbox. That's what I'm most excited for if they show something really cool there. Because in in the past when it was E3 season, it was usually like, oh, Xbox has their showcase and then sony has theirs and a lot of the cool third parties show up there you know and now the third parties show up anywhere so i'm just always curious if maybe they're going to show up here that's what this is okay i i think i think we're ready to tap out here you guys didn't even ask me oh yeah oh peter do you even want to see this presentation yeah are you even going to be watching yes of course i will i want games as a service this fucking genre that's going to die it's already had the peak of its success and we're only going downhill and there's no more room for anyone else at the top except for one i want the halo battle royale to be there and i want to be fucking blown away by it oh i want to see a, a game that i want to see a game that can exist alongside apex fortnite call of duty valorant i want a game that's you look at that and go that will live for years and years. Halo is fucking back. It reminds you why it was the king. That's that is my big thing. That is my if like my biggest happiness I could walk away with is if that is shown and it's like this is not just going to be a game that's talked about hot, like positively and then forgotten three months. No, this will be around for years to come. Halo is back. I think that would be extremely exciting. I won't happen. I want to be clear. This everyone, that's not happening. That's not going to happen, but just that's what I dream for. Now, I did just have a thought. Now it's a dark thought. Because this is massively projecting projecting into the future. If there was ever a world where the Xbox brand could no longer exist, which I don't think is impossible. I don't think any of us think that's impossible. But by God, would I hope they'd have the foresight in their IP sell-off to sell Halo back to Bungie. Oh my God, I would be so happy. It, I basically my my excitement here is you know Bungie going back to an old IP of theirs in Marathon. If in 20 years, somehow, some way, they got another shot at Halo, oh my goodness. Oh my god. It would be it would be unbelievable. I feel like it would be the death of the Xbox brand. If well, like, oh, like, yeah, sure. And how, how did their episode of Xbox Game Showcase Productions go? We ended on their demise and how <laughs> we like wish upon like dancing on their grave. No. <laughs> On a lighter note, something I did mention because I forgot about this, but I could tot- I could see them maybe just trying to throw in a title, a logo, if this is truly in the works. Maybe it is a long, long way out, but maybe that's not something Xbox should be constantly doing is announcing things that are yeah, not Mark, even close to being ready. This already isn't great. What is it? But it's like, oh, we just had this Redfall thing. It's not great. What can we announce right now just to get people to stop talking about that? Banjo remake. I mean, that's always... 
it's that never used happening. To, that always used to be on my mind, and now it's just never on my mind. Um, but to announce like, oh, hey, we have Obsidian and Bethesda under us again. The thing everyone always thought maybe is like, oh, do they get the Fallout license again? Do they get to make a new Fallout game? Do you think just the title of that, like they announce that it's happening, it's a long way out. Is that even a good move here? I was like, oh, and that should be yours. Are you kidding? They announced like a Fallout New Vegas 2, you'd fucking cream your pants. Yeah, no, I mean, that would be amazing. And famously, uh, the original reveal of New Vegas was pretty much just like a logo, and then it came out a year later. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think they would be able to do that again. But uh, I I would be thrilled. I do not think... I think Bethesda Game Studios has a problem with the fact that Obsidian made the most beloved version of their games. And I don't think they want to give them another chance to do that. Uh, Despite the fact that they're both under the Xbox brand. Maybe I'm wrong, but I... Whenever Todd gets asked about the future of fallout i sense a little bit of ego there when he's talking about how like the next fallout will be made by them and stuff like that are we tapped out go peter X. go xbox go i'm tapped xbox. out all uh, right phil spencer's still a cool guy i like him yeah i like phil this has been the bny gaming podcast episode 103 Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all in two weeks. Bleed green, everyone. Bleed green. It's coming. Pray for Jeff Keighley, everyone. He needs it this year. We're not, he's going to be fine. He's <laughs> going to be fine. That's not a threat, everyone. He's, he's going to be just fine. 